Where I'm from, you ask on a walk and I bang for the land. See the Ku Klux Klan? Put them in a body bag. Internets, welcome to another episode of Step Off Radio, the official podcast of Step Off Magazine. We got a very special episode today that's going to be a little different than how we normally do things. On today's episode, we're going to share a remastered version of our very first pilot episode, Kill the Colonizer Inside Your Mind, with underground hip-hop group Cosmic Force. We got a great show lined up for y'all, but first, some words from our friends at Perseverance Clothing. See y'all soon. Kiwarasa, powerful, persistent, and prolific. We are Perseverance Clothing. Look us up, www.perseveranceclothing.net. Shop now, you won't regret it. Ikeiwa la raza. Shout out to Step Off Magazine. Stay up, listen up. We are here. Much love. Internets. Before we start today's show, we just want to remind you all that Step Off Radio is available on all major podcast streaming platforms. Yo, we got the show on so many different platforms, guys. We got available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast Network, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, Overcast, Breaker, Podchaser, TuneIn, and of course, SoundCloud. Step Off Radio is 100% free with minimal commercial interference, always bringing you that rough, rugged, and raw hip-hop, art, culture, and contemporary politics. Step Off Radio is truly the podcast for the people, y'all, so make sure you head on over to your favorite podcast streaming platform, press that subscribe button, and make sure to share and review. So before we get started, first I wanted to give you guys some backstory on the history of this episode. Our pilot episode was recorded at the Justice Center San Diego on March 26, 2018, and the episode first aired on April 30th, 2018. While this wasn't my first interview that I had ever conducted, it was the first for Jose, and it was the first that either of us had recorded for an official podcast. Now, almost from the beginning, when I first started Step Off Magazine, doing a podcast was an idea that had been floated and suggested by several of my friends. Doing podcasts was always something that had intrigued me, but was something I was always intimidated to try because I had no prior experience and, quite frankly, had no clue how to record or edit. Long story short, we started the podcast about a year and a half after I had originally launched the site, and now three years and 26 episodes later, we're still here. We decided to remaster this episode because if you go back and listen to the original cut, 
It's very rough, to say the least. This was our very first episode, and it was actually Cosmic Force's first interview as well. To be honest, we were learning along the way as we were going, recording interviews, using the editing software, and all of that was completely brand new to us. Over the past three years, we've grown tremendously in our craft, and we felt it was only right they give Cosmic Force and our inaugural episode the treatment that it deserves. So like I said, this episode is the remastered version of our first interview with Cosmic Force. It was recorded several months after they dropped their first mixtape, War Cry, and just prior to the release of their sophomore effort, Untamed Unchained, in case you guys were curious about the general time frame when this interview was recorded. We detailed the origins of Cosmic Force, how Jag and Threat met, their activism through their music, and decolonization of the 21st century. It's important to note that this episode did originally air in 2018, so some portions of the interview might be a tad dated, but for the most part, sadly in more ways than one, much of the conversation has remained very relevant. In this episode, you'll hear new music, added special effects, as well as portions from our interview that were omitted from the original episode. If you would like to learn more about Cosmic Force, please be sure to check out our album reviews of their past work on Step Off Magazine, as well as several articles detailing the history of the group over on the Daily Cella. With that said, we here at Step Off Radio want to thank all of you for your support over these past three years, and we hope you all enjoy our remastered cut of Kill the Colonizer Inside Your Mind with Cosmic Force. All right, what's good, Internets? Thank you for joining in and listening to our first ever Step Off Radio podcast. I'm DJ Shere Khan, a.k.a. Rob Camacho, and joining me is... And joining you is Jose, also known as the specter of communism haunting white folks in Southern California since 2014. I'm happy to be recording our first podcast down in sunny San Diego, talking about politics, hip-hop, social justice, and all that good stuff. That's right, Aaron. That's we're going to hit you off with a whole bunch of stuff on this show. Music, culture, politics, anything that we find relevant, we're going to be talking about it. So we got a bunch of great guests lined up in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, but with that said, though, pivoting, we got a great, 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 great show up next. We have an interview with some really dope brothers uh, for San Bernardino, Cosmic Force, great pro-indigenous Chicano rap group. Spitting that knowledge, you know, just dropping jewels dropping of truth, like about like indigenous and his actions happening right now all over the country about identifying as like Chicanics and indigenous in this country that oftentimes try to strip us of our identity and culture by any means necessary. And talking about that decolonization process, you know, that was like, yeah, we got a good show up ahead. We talk about so much stuff on here. Like we said, like decolonizing your mindset, your lifestyle talking about the struggles of indigenous people, whether it's from Standing Rock in South Dakota or the indigenous people in Mexico, Michoacan, you know. There's just so much stuff that we're going to explore, and I just really hope that you love it, Internet. So with that said, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy. For real. <laughs> yeah. Our guest today on the inaugural episode of Step Off News hail from San Bernardino, California, a hip-hop group whose core ethics are rooted in fostering pan-indigenous unity across the American diaspora, pro-Chicano philosophy, militant decolonization, and the vested interest of confronting and dismantling white supremacy in all of its forms and manifestations through their music and activism. 
Fresh off the release of their new mixtape and straight off their most recent performance at Mexica New Year LA, I'm proud to introduce these two warriors, Jaguar and Bomb Threat, better known collectively as Cosmic Force. Welcome to the show, brothers. Peace, bro. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. For our listeners out there who may not be familiar with your work, um, introduce yourself. Let our listeners know who you are. Tell what who's Cosmic Force. Uh, so I'm Brett, and uh, yeah, Cosmic Force is basically a rap duo, hip hop duo. But other than duo, I would want to say it's a movement and um, a shift of consciousness when it comes to young Chicano youth in the inner city. Yeah, so I go by Jag, short for Jaguar, and um, like my brother said, Cosmic Force. Uh, you know, we're a hip hop duo, but more than that, it's a message. We want to reach out to the diaspora of indigenous people from the uh, so-called Americas, specifically because we descend from people south of the colonial border. We have a great connection with people of uh, Mexican background, Central American, South American, of course, our uh, Caribbean relatives. Um, And, you know, we want to unite and uh, have uh, people come to an understanding that we are, uh, the large majority of us are indigenous to this continent, whether we are full-blooded or mixed-blooded. Yeah, no doubt. Now, you guys just got off your performance at Mexica New Year. You know, how was it like performing for a crowd of that size and like a venue that's literally like the perfect match for you guys' message and the type of music you do? What was it like? It was beautiful, man. It was one of the greatest experiences I've had. It was the first time I actually been to a Mexica New Year. And yeah, it's just beautiful because like off the top, I already knew they were going to receive our message, you know, with open arms. And just seeing everybody, the kids, the children, you know, the parents, and just seeing you know, everybody's faces out there, more than just the performance and the, the artists. It was just, you know, actually seeing that, you know, this is resonating amongst our people that are from, you know, the hood, the barrio, whatever it may be. Like, and yeah, man, it was one of the best experience, hip hop experiences, cultural experiences for me that I've had. Uh, word up. So as far as me, I performed at Mexica New Year last year as a solo artist, uh, just as Jaguar. This year, you know, we've been pushing uh, Cosmic Force for more than about I'd say half half a year we've been doing the KF thing but it was powerful man uh, you know it's as close as of a thing we'll get as a of an indigenous ceremony as the tribalized people people who have been removed from their ancestral tribal heritage were more of just a part of a diaspora people who kind of running around without heads because of our experience with colonialism and the violence of nationalism that is also um, the colonies in the America whether it's Peru, El Salvador, Guatemala, Mexico, anywhere, Canada, the U.S. Again, um, we received open arms from everybody. You know, uh, we had uh, girls like 11 years old coming up saying that, yo, we uh, we like your music. And their moms were like, uh, my, my daughters want a picture with you. It was really humbling. And nonetheless, uh, it, it left us walking back saying, you know what, we still have work to do, you know, and this shit ain't over. But it was beautiful seeing community, you know, and that's what it was. It was community, our people united off top for just at least one day, fucking uh, sunrise to 10 p.m. Our people were in harmony in a circle because our culture, our ancestral culture is is full circle, it's 360 degrees, it's never linear because that is a Western uh, way. We may have adopted that in the recent years, but our way is always uh, circular because no one's left behind in the circle. Everyone's whole, no one's first, no no one's last. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, definitely just to add on to what he said, because yeah, we were having mothers with their daughters, young daughters, 11 years old, sometimes that they listen to our music. When it comes to like social media and like online pushing your music through the internet now, because that's the most, one of the most valuable tools we have as independent artists. 
when it came to me, like, I thought it was just, all right, some people listen to us, like, once we got there, and, you know, they started coming up to us, want to take pictures with us. It really, like, that hit my heart. And it's like my brother Jack said, like, yeah, we need to keep doing this and we need to put in more work and we really need to push this even harder, you know what I mean? So he's a great motivation. Describe that feeling, you know, you guys, I saw, like, the tremendous presence, you know, a lot of people that you met for the first time, you know, that you connected through social media. With the social media, yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know. So, you, you know, you get all the support through there. But, yeah, when you finally get to meet them, it's just like like you've known them. So it's like off the top, you just conversating like you've been homies for the, you know, so as long as they've been following you. So it's like that was a beautiful experience, man. And, you know, off the top, like just talking to them and it was just like it was, it was one of my homeboys from, from my hood, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, yeah, yeah, that, that was uh, definitely the best experiences I've had socially when it comes to, you know, meeting people. That's the power of music. And mm-hmm. it's just, that was a hell of an experience, man. Yeah, um, to add on, uh, you know, I knew, um, you know, we had a couple heads who fuck with our, mess with our music, you know, and some of them, I, I already knew them in person, and it was I was just excited that I was going to see them. And uh, for sure, you know, to link up with people who I know through the internet, because in the internet, you build a community. Sometimes you'll try to, like, have these conversations with your family or even homeboys or yeah. homegirls in, in your hood, but they're not really feeling it. They're not vibrating on the same level, which is oh, fine. Yeah. You know, we, we meet people where they're at. But to just always find that community, even if it's in the, the cyber world, it is powerful and it is um, medicinal to a lot of people. And I know that's how it is for me because eventually, once you get to build in person, besides just a cyber shift, we met vendors who are um, using their craft, who put out T-shirts and, you know, shit like that, that really expresses uh, the rebellious and militant culture through a t-shirt that will scare, you know, the opposition, like the alt-right or the conservatives, the liberals and the Democrats and shit like that. Yeah, right. At the end of the day, uh, there was, you know, painters and you had the Mexica Danzantes uh, doing their ceremonial dance and the fire was burning. And it was just great being with the community, man, you know? No doubt. Mm-hmm. Let's get a little bit, like, into your guys' origins. So both of you guys have been emceeing for several years now. Tell us about your... Musical influences growing up, like what inspired you to get into music and to actually pursue it as more than just a hobby? It's not just a side right. thing, you know. What's the catalyst that led both of you to join forces, you know, and make Cosmic Force? So, um, I've been emceeing uh, a little longer than uh, Jag has. With me, it started, you know, high school. Cyphers, battling, uh, I, was, uh, I was doing uh, local battles around my area in San Bernardino. But you know, we just uh, hit me up one day. Like, hey, I want to get you on this song. 
you know, he's my homeboy, so I was just like, yeah, I'm with it, let's do it. Yeah, so pretty much after I jumped on that track, I thought it was going to be like one-time thing, like a little collaboration. We talk on the phone and uh, he tells me, like, hey, uh, we should be a duo. And I, the crazy thing is, like, I was thinking the same exact thing. Like, I think to do the duo thing, because I was kind of done with the solo stuff. And, uh, yeah, so he definitely, he let my fire when it comes to music. And then, you know, inspiration-wise, I mean... I don't know if I have anybody in specific. It's, I want to say it's probably like a collective of artists that definitely put in, um, you know, Immortal Technique. That dude, when I was in high school, that was when he dropped, I think, Revolutionary Volume 1. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Immortal Technique disintegrates mics when I spit. I cause more casualties than sunken slave ships. Boats of capacity, I bring tragedy to rap without my man Gaddafi. The government took Nazi scientists from Germany to design nuclear rockets and ways of observing me. Cause their pathetic attempts didn't work to murder me. When this country was conceived, bastards never heard of me. But now I hold the souls of slave masters eternally. Bleeding internally, burgundy during surgery verbally. Cause I'm a spiritual witch, devils are incompatible i've been around since the planet was inhabitable i spit in the ocean and created microscopic animals which evolved into two species the righteous and the cannibals but until then i had alien women suck me off when god said that there'd be light i turned it the fuck off and that's the reason earth is only five billion years old i made the sunshine and permitted time to unfold the surface was lava when i stepped down it became cold fuck what you've been told my spiritual form became a swarm of molecule sickness manifested liquid trapped inside a mountainous region until the sky Started raining, continuous seasons, immortal technique, and long last reincarnated, undebatably reinstated to leave you decapitated. Just sweet fool, but my crazy words make sense. I split every pound in your body into six pence. I'm sick of simple similes about the sixth sense. I leave your body drenched in the blood from all your ancestors. You'll never be at peace like the souls of child molesters. I'll cut you and bless your festering wounds with alcohol. Drown you in a clogged toilet in a public bathroom stall. I'll rip you down, take a chunk of you home like the Berlin Wall. This is the final call. For all rappers that want to brawl Immortal technique The wrong motherfucker to diss Cause I allowed God to let you motherfuckers exist <laughs> Yeah man that's just that, He just blew my mind I was just like yo sure. Who is this cat I want to know And it's crazy Cause I mean A lot of stuff they was talking about I even know what he was like Talking about Who he was referring to When he was talking about Che Guevara and all that like, I don't know who Like who are these cats So he definitely opened up my mind to that Just you know, being from the West Coast, of course, you know, there's always going to be those artists from the underground, like dilated peoples, you know, evidence. There's just so many, so many, you know. So, yeah, man, that, that's pretty my inspiration. And I could go all day when it comes to inspiration, <laughs> man. I love growing up, too. I totally gravitated to East Coast MCs, you know, Wu Tang, you know, all of them Ghostface, Method Man. And then from there, I went from the East Coast and I went to the West Coast. I, once I did. You know, all my history with the East Coast artists. I went to the West Coast, you know, DJ Quick, Exhibit. Mm -hmm. And then from there, and then I moved down South. And I would, like, I was listening to Outkast. You know what I mean? Um, UGK. Yeah, UGK. <laughs> fucking 3-6 Mafia. Like, all that stuff, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just hip-hop as a whole, man. I love hip-hop culture. I know what it's really about. and not even pertaining to one coast or one area. You know, I, I love it all, man. For sure. Yo, so... I, uh, I've only been emceeing, you know, I, I'll say it now, I, I call myself a rapper, you know, I, I don't feel like I've earned the title of an MC, just to get that clarified, uh, because I have respect for the craft. I want to have uh, other folks eventually label me that, maybe some, some elders in the culture and shit. Growing up, I, I really liked, uh, you know, I was influenced by West Coast hip-hop, uh, you know, I guess what people would call gangster rap and shit. 
me, it was just hip hop, rap. Um, Easy E was probably the first rapper that I ever liked. Funny story about that is somebody jacked my mom's car. My mom works at a at a fast food joint. We were in there for a long time, and uh, somebody stole the car. <laughs> Tell them where you're from. Straight out of Compton. Another crazy ass nigga. When punks I smoke, yo, my rap gets bigger. I'm a bad motherfucker and you know this. But the pussy ass niggas won't show this. But I don't give a fuck, I'ma make my snaps. If not from the records, from jacking a crap, it's like burglary. The definition is jacking. But when illegally armed, it's gonna pack it. Shoot a motherfucker in a minute. I'll find a good piece of pussy and go offend it. So if you're at a show in the front row, I'ma call you a bitch or a dirty ass hoe. You probably get mad like a bitch is supposed to. But that shows me slut talk and post to a crazy motherfucker from the street. Attitude legit, cause I'm tearing up shit. MC rank controls are automatic. For any dumb motherfucker, it starts static. Not a right hand, cause I'm a hand itself. Every time I pull an AK off the shelf, the security is maximum, and that's a law. REN spells red, but I'm wrong. See, cause I'm the motherfucking villain. The definition is clear, you're the witness of a killing that's taking place without a clue. And once you're on the scope, yeah, it's true. Look, you might take it as a trip, but a nigga like Ren is on the gangster tip. Red eyes. And that was my first time being exposed to rap because growing up, I never really, as a Chicano, most of the music I was exposed to was my parents' music, which was in Spanish, you know, whether that be, um, my mom likes romantic songs in Spanish, my dad likes like corridos, you know, shit like that. So I was never really exposed to like hip hop, um, only when I would go like to stores and they'd play like, you know, the bullshit, like radio rap and like the poppy bubblegum shit. So... I started listening to N.W.A. I started to ask my dad shit, like, you know, why are these fools talking all this shit? My dad would always tell me, like, oh, I mean, they're just saying some real shit. Those streets, where they're from, they're, ain't no joke because, you know, the cops are constantly brutalizing him. There's a lack of resources in those communities because those communities are filled with people that look like you and shit and people that look like, you know, our, our black relatives, you know? So my pops was always, um, you know, he always, he cracked my third eye open real young. He had a very strong left-wing perspective growing up in, in Mexico. He was exposed to an ideology real young, so off top, I would say my pops inspired me a lot too for the music shit because I, a lot of the shit I speak, I've been, uh, this has been in my mind for years since I was a child. But Easy e you know, MC Ren is one of my favorite uh, hip-hop artists of all time. I like, of course, Immortal Technique is a big inspiration. Uh, Rebel Diaz. Uh, homeboys from the East Coast, um, a CF, Constant Flow, he's a part of Immortal Techniques camp, and uh, he's, I gotta say, he's probably a favorite rapper, you know, Chino XL. Mm -hmm. Rebel Arms. Rebel Arms, the Rebel Arms crew, you know, um, I fuck with them tough, like, I, I really appreciate their music, so it's helped me really, you know, move on. And I never really grew up listening to East Coast hip-hop until I started, until I got put onto tech, you know what I mean, technique, um, 
I started checking out the cats from the East Coast, but uh, I also like a lot of street shit, you know. Party, everybody likes the party shit. There's a time for everything. Of right course, there. yeah. Right. You know, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna drive to the club <laughs> with some really conscious shit. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, because I ain't gonna spend no conscious shit. Up, you know, but um, yeah, man, it's all hip hop is universal, and it's not just about the mic. You know, the graph, the turntables, yep. all that. So. Let me just add uh, Nas, Nas, Nas. Oh, yeah, Stillmatic. Yeah, of course. Stillmatic, that was the first album I ever bought. I was 11 years old, and yeah, Nas definitely is my favorite MC. And that kind of brings, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, just tell us about your upbringing growing up in San Bernardino, you know? Paint that picture of growing up uh, in San Bernardino, and uh, and what way did the region kind of mold uh, and shape the sound of your music, as well as the content of, you know, of the music itself, you know? Uh, real quick, uh, we're from the Inland Empire area. The San Bernardino is the, we usually say that because uh, more people are familiar with yeah. that city because it's like the capital of the county. We're not from San Bernardino mm-hmm. like that, but we're from the surrounding areas, which we do want to keep it on the low for the safety of, of you know, the opposition and shit like that. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. do, you know, the, mm-hmm. the establishment does, uh, you know, or, or the all right, you know, yeah. the our enemigos and shit, you know what I mean? We're from that area and uh, there's hoods that bang, you know, there's homies that, there's tag banging, you know. Um, there's fucking, you know, a lack of resources. The high school I went to, I used to do sports. And whenever we'd compete against squads from other schools, usually the schools that were more affluent and they were full of white boys, we, I noticed a little shit, you know. I would always tell my dad, my he was a strong supporter of me in sports. I'd be like, man, these motherfuckers, they got all the gear and shit. We're walking out in some bullshit, you know. They got the <laughs> practice gear on, the backpacks that match. We had some bullshit on, but whatever, you know. We put in work. Um, there, again, there was a lack of resources with coaching, mm-hmm. uh, fucking mm-hmm. access to a weight room, or, you know, we had some bullshit weights, and, you know, our programs at the school weren't year-round, so shit like that. Definitely um, the police department where, in my hood, right, where we stay at, there's a strong history with the Ku Klux Klan in that department, um, and uh, even until this day, um, you know, an officer recently, he quit because uh, it was of a, a Mexican-American heritage, he would hear a shit talking in the locker room from the other white cops and other Mexican American yeah. cops who mm-hmm. were just vendors and shit, you know. So there's a strong uh, clans presence uh, to the point where in in the city in the hood where we stay at, uh, a grand wizard ran for <laughs> mayor in that city and actually got on the fucking ballot. Wow. And he didn't win, yeah. but it just goes wow. to show just to be able to get on. Yeah, yeah. as far yeah. back as the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, um, so it's a city where. There was a lot of uh, European Americans. A lot of Rasa started moving in from the Los Angeles area. Orange County area. Orange County yeah. area. So there's been a lot of Rasa since the, I'd say, 80s. Um, yeah, 80s. Maybe you could share a little more. Yeah, definitely. I want to say like around the 80s because uh, that's when my family uh, moved to that city. And um, my pops would tell me stories about the Klan uh, having rallies down by the town halls. And when they would do that, uh, all the Rasa and even... Uh, our, our black brothers too they would all you know get together and throw tomatoes at them <laughs> <laughs> and it, but yeah man it just goes to show like you know it's our city now you know what I mean yeah, yeah, and, um, right. yeah so it's wild with Jack saying you know too also I wanna the, I guess like the gang culture that uh, does play an effect to us you know cause I have a lot of family that you know gang bangs and um and these are like my brothers these are uh my cousins and uh and me, I would always hang out with them, chill with them. Not because I was trying to be down with the hood or trying to be some type of gangster. It was just, they were my brothers. And I didn't yeah, look at man. them as gang members. But at the same time, I was guilty by association. So mm-hmm. when I would be walking down the street, their enemies, 
they know they don't know that I'm their cousin. They just know like, oh, he's from their hood. He's always kicking it with them. So right. I would kind of get involved in the type of person I am. I'm just a very loyal person. And you know, and if I love you, whether you're my homeboy or you're my family member, I'm gonna get down for you. So I kind of got twisted a little bit in that in my upbringing. You know, thanks to my upbringing, you know, my pops, he was there. So was my mother. You know, I kind of didn't get too deep into it, but I did, you know, to a certain extent, it did play an effect. But also, I don't take back those experiences because I, it taught me a lot of what, um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the youth, you know, Chicano natives growing up in these cities, why, you know, it's just, you know, they want to, especially like, you know, mainstream media or even these, you know, conservatives or whatnot, they want to make it seem like these are just straight up criminals. They just, out of the blue, just want to become criminals and they love crime. It's not like them. Mm-hmm. There's so many effects of why these kids end up in prison for life or they end up doing what they do, you know, and banging these hoods, banging on each other. There's just so many factors that play in, you know, and the crazy thing about it is like all my homies and even my family members that gangbanging tough, they all had broken homes, all had broken homes. And, you know, like now I understand why, you know what I mean? So definitely, I want to say like the gang culture, but now you know I I think I have a, a like a unique perspective towards that, and uh, you know hopefully with us doing this music, I also you know that's one of the I do want to hopefully affect that kid that is gang banging and hopefully you know he could change his life for the better. I mean to get rid of gangs, I don't think it would ever happen, but it's definitely I think it's uh it's not as popular anymore because I mean it's not really it's not cool. But I don't think they'll ever leave. But I definitely think if you're going to be banging, man, bang for your people. Like, if you're going to bang, go bang on them outright, them fucking Nazis. Like, go bang sure, on yeah. them, man. Like, yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. You know, in our neighborhood, you know, you got graffiti crews and shit. Graffiti crews that are really about just, you know, getting up and shit, you know, catching a spy, you know, catching some bombs and shit. And you got crews who fucking pull a pistol to your face if you yeah. slash them out. You got hoods, you know. I'm not afraid of combat, shit like that, you know, hand-to-hand combat. I'm a small dude, but I have uh, I do have courage, you know, to defend myself or defend uh, people I love. And uh, at the end of the day, I always say, man, like, self-defense should be the last option. I mean, that is the last option we're left to now yeah. with the opposition currently. But more so when I was younger, you know, been beat up by fucking adults when I was like, I think going to 14 years old, got jumped at a party because they thought I was getting somebody drunk. My friend was the one who, it was her birthday, her uncles jumped me and shit. A bunch of OGs fucking beat the yeah. shit out of a little ass kid, but um, I stood my ground. Certain experiences like that make you yeah. reflect, and it really, it builds character at the end of the day, you know? Because yeah. like you said, mm-hmm. people don't just wake up one day, oh, fuck it, I, I love crime, I want to be a criminal. Like, Because at the end of the day, you know, um, motherfuckers don't got a mom, they don't got a dad, dad got deported. That's some mm-hmm. real shit that happens in our community. Dad's Pops in prison, jail, in and out of prison. Mm-hmm. In and out of prison, moms is fucking trying to, yep, you know, all that, Jump so. I've been busted at, I've been shot. I won't um, won't speak too much about that on on camera, but I've been shot. I've been, uh, I've had my experiences um, with the law in the back of, uh, you know, cop cars. And it was just because of my own, you know, misdirection, you know, and, and at the end of the day, it's self-hate. You have a self-hate for yourself because you feel kind of uh, captive in this uh, system that we live in. And, you know, you just want to be wild and shit. Yeah. And uh, you don't have a direction, even if you do have you know, a parent there or whatever. Yeah. We need mentors too. Um, and at the end of the day, sometimes I just want to wild out, you know. It was, it was fun being uh, dumb and shit like that, you know. Dumb for me, you know. Other people, you know, I know that they're going through some real shit, but yeah. for me, I was just trying to wild out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, we're kids sometimes, right? And uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, even for the shit that I used to do, I mean, I don't think I should be fucking thrown away in, in a jail cell for the rest of my life, yeah. you know, because 
that's not cool. You know, we need rehabilitation. We yeah, need to, yeah. we need to, we need yeah, to heal sure. people just instead of just lock, lock them, throw away the key. make right. capital and shit. Exactly. Off that, you know? And the cycle continues, right? Like that's what they want. That's the system right now. So with all these experiences throughout your life, you guys are your prime. You carry on this long tradition of militant, politically conscious hip hop from artists like I see your Public Enemy tattoo. Yeah, you know, yeah, you have, yeah, yeah. Artists like Public Enemy or Paris or X Clan, and then you got more recent cats like Dead Prez and Immortal Technique you know? that they utilize their music to educate and bring awareness and to facilitate activism through their music. What was the catalyst that made you guys want to continue in that same vein of making that same music? You know, because it's one thing to make music, but what made you like? We want this message to be like our main focus that we're gonna get out um, to our audience. I think the crazy thing about that is that we didn't even have to like talk about it or like have a meeting like, hey, dude, like this is what we're gonna do. It was just natural. I mean, I know it was for me. I know it was for Jag. Like, it was just natural. It was just like we're just gonna go to this direction because end of the day, like we just we want something with a message, especially nowadays with all this bullshit, man. It's just like. Yeah. Our people need substance. And, you know, I don't want to, like, sound like if I'm hating, like, other Chicano artists talking about their experiences and, you know, their gang life and the lifestyle. That's cool. Hey, all good, man. Do your thing. But the thing is, like, me, personally, like, I think it's whack that they label someone a, a Chicano rapper and right away they, oh, bald head, you know, gangbanging. And look at, nah, like, we Chicano, we native, we indigenous, but we talking about some positive shit. I don't know, to me it was just natural, you know, it's from everybody I listen to. Even like so-called gangster rappers, the shit that would captivate me more than, you know, their like gang stories or their drug stories was the the little like fuck the police and shit like that. Like that was right there, like, yo, this is like that praise, gangster but revolutionary, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's the shit that like to me that made up even more of a gangster, you know, because they're really banging on the system. They're, that's what they're really yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah, man, I think it was a natural, I think it was just a natural thing. I didn't have to you know, like you said, it came natural. And there's a saying that a lot of our elders say in our indigenous philosophies and cultures, and it's uh, follow your heart, you know, follow your heart. Some people will call it, you know, follow your spirit. Follow, some people call it energy. Some people call it a vibe. Some people call it, you know, to those who are of faith, let's say God or, or God's, you know, whatever you believe in, God is, you know, follow that. Sometimes it's just your gut feeling, gut feeling. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and all that shit is real. So, at the end of the day, that's what it was. You know, we wanted, we want to make timeless music. You know, yeah. timeless music. There's no uh, revolution without music, and there's no music without revolution. You know, so I feel like we need something to be able to pump us up. You know, for every lane. You know, what I mean, you wanna, you wanna hit the gym. You might wanna listen to some really hard shit. You know, yeah. that'll, you know, uh, that adrenaline up. And then sometimes it's just a time you want to throw something in the headphones that'll really make you critically think and analyze the bullshit we live in. This box. This yeah. fucking. This capitalistic uh, society that drains your spirit, drains you physically, all of that. Um, and also, I think, to be critical of yourself, too. Word, you know, check yourself. Because at the same time, I think we're also going through that, too, as we speak, you know? You know, as we're going through it, we like, we're going to talk about it. I know when it comes to myself, I've been through my experiences with, like, drug abuse or whatnot. So, you know, I definitely want to put that out there. So if I can help somebody, man... That'd be cool. Maybe they can't relate to all the revolutionary stuff or uh, being indigenous and native. If they can relate to that, mm-hmm. then, you know, hey, that's cool. That's I'm going with that. If that affects you, if that if that's something that really resonates with you, hey, man, that's what it is. Right. And, you know, We got to free our minds before we can try to free other people or, or free us from this shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, we kill the colonizers inside your mind first. You know I mean, kill that. That which destroys you, destroy that. Destroy it inside your dome first. Sometimes it's that self-hate that we grew up um, you know, we're ashamed to say that we're Mexican. You know, we're, oh, you know, I admit we're Mexican. Even though we look very indigenous sometimes, we want to identify with something else because 
as Mexicans, people of Mexican descent, we're not exotified in media. You know, the way, uh, I will say, the way other uh, cultures in Latin America are sometimes. You know, you, you got um, uh, Argentinians who are primarily of European ancestry. They're very, yeah. like, oh, my God, there's an Argentinian. He's here at all Mexican schools. Like, oh, he's Argentinian. And, oh, well, you guys are just Mexican. Like, yeah. you know, it's not mm-hmm. that important. You feel me? So we do want to make it powerful again to be of Mexican descent because the word Mexican... You know, come and I'm sure we're gonna get into that later. Um, with um, where those words come from, those it's existed as an ethnicity before it was a nationality of the colony in Mexico that was made in the 1800s. You know. So tell us what you guys can about your your mixtape War Cry. I love the project. You know, it's every track on there. You know, bangs. I love the message. What was the inspiration, the motivations behind putting a full length project out? Honestly, the motivation was just to have a product out there that people could listen to. Because, um, honestly, man, we did that shit, like, on the fly. We didn't have, like, a, a studio that we're always, Like, those tracks, it was, like, I want to say, well, like, three, four different studios. About three, four different engineers mixing tracks. It was some real gutter, like, hood shit. <laughs> we just tried to make do what the resources that we did have. Yeah. Honestly, we, I mean, I think we did it with in the mind just, like, hey, we need a product out there. Just so people could like, all right, you heard the Cosmic Force? Oh, well, here, here, listen to this. That, like right there, man, that's how I appreciate you saying that about that project. You know, I have to say that we didn't put our all in those lyrics, but like, yo, that's just the surface, man. Like, we like got you, some danger shit coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, that just goes to, that, but that just goes to show us like, yo, like, yeah, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. If we could do it like on someone else's beats with some raggedy old studio equipment, imagine mm-hmm. when we do get to that level where we got better equipment, you know, a better sound, original production, better, you know what I mean? So, it'd be, honestly, to me, it was just like, all right, we need to put this out so people can have references to, like, they want to show somebody who Cosmic Forces, it's like, all right, here, you can hear these 10 tracks right off the bat, you know? For me, I had already uh, recorded a few tracks, like Fuerza Guerrera and Spar Like a Jaguar. I mean, like you said, these were at fucking completely different um, studios and quotes, you know, because it was like Homeboy's Closets and shit, yeah. like... Some foam from some some blankets and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. like we're in a, we're in like in the in but the, the sweat lodge and shit. <laughs> Word up, dog. You know, there was just some real gutter, like he said, some real hood shit. But uh, again, you know, we're we're not ashamed of that because we want to represent the the streets, the, the gente in the struggle. You know, the workers. You know, what I mean, the, the exactly. migrants, the people who are targeted in, in these communities. You know, and like he said, we wanted a product out there, and we had a compilation of tracks already. We worked real hard, you know, like you said, like, although this just scratches the surface of what it really could be, we put our time and our heart into every fucking, yeah. you know, line that we, would, we wrote. We were literally, hey, we're going to work on this track, let's go to the library. Yeah. And, you know, we would use, the, you know, they, they had their um, little rooms and shit. They had the little rooms, so we would get our markers and start writing, you know. Yeah. And, like, all right, we'll get a concept and we'll work on a hook and then, you know, you know, we write our own lyrics, so... He no ghostwriter. Yeah, no ghostwriter at all. The only thing we do collaborate on is, I want to say, our choruses and hooks, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, we took it, even though we, we lacked on, you know, the resources, but when it came to the lyrics, yeah, we gave it our all and we actually sat down and, you know, we came together with two minds and we really worked on it. And, yeah, man, we would go to libraries to get complete silence and really yeah. focus yeah. on what we want to say on this track. Or, you know, whatever track right. it was. And we make time, you know, because, you know, we work regular jobs, yeah. 9 to 5. Like, say, yo, great we got time, homie. Shit, yeah, yeah. great oh, yeah. shifts, you know. Yeah. Yo, if you got time today, let's link up, homie. Like, you know, let's stay creative because at the end of the day, it's about being creative and being uh, productive if we still can. You know, sometimes we're drained and shit. Yeah. But um, if we could be uh, creative and, you know, create something that people will enjoy, 
it's free, you know what I mean? It's yeah, on it's on our YouTube. People say, where can we buy our music? You just fucking go yeah, to YouTube, yeah, yeah. go to Google, type in YouTube to MP3 converter, and convert that shit for free, yeah, homie. The audio might sound a little shitty, yeah. but we're working on getting it better. Yeah. And um, as soon as we get more resources and more funds, people will tell us like, yo, make a GoFundMe. We'll, we'll donate yeah, to y'all. Yeah. Like, like, man, like, you know, we should. That'd be cool, you know? Yeah. Cause like, Because honestly, literally, we, we haven't made a dime off our music. And like, if we do, it'll just break even... We're in the IE, so we're always traveling like LA area. So break even just to put gas in our car. That's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of homies who are organizers, who are community organizers, they'll hit us up. Yo, like, can you guys rock for a march, a immigration march? Yeah, cool. all day. Free. If you can shoot us some gas money, cool. If you can't, it's we'll try good. to make it happen. Yeah, homie. Yeah. It's all good. You know, I mean? we're there. Yeah. It's for the love of La Causa, and um, we'll make it happen because at the end of the day, uh, I don't really see myself eating off this shit. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially not with the message we put out. Uh, never in the world where they fucking yeah, sign somebody that no with the kind of content shit we, you know. Maybe as independent artists, we can make, you know, like if we really, you know, uh, keep it moving and, you know, hopefully um, improving our uh, our sound quality. But we got work to do, you know. We definitely yeah. got work to do. I want to improve a lot of my delivery and shit like that. You know, it's a, it's a process, you know. Um, he's helping me out, learning how to write hooks a little more better because he, he has more experience and shit. So it's about growth, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But expand on that. Like, how's the typical writing process for a song go? Because for a lot of younger audiences, the idea of a duo or a group is kind of foreign to them. There's not a lot of hip hop groups around these days. So when you guys go into a song, do you guys go with a basic concept more or less and then kind of do your thing and then converge? Or is it, do you guys like kind of go back and forth Um, during? Yeah, so I mean, it'll depend. Sometimes we'll go back and forth. And um, if I feel like his idea is better and it works, even though I might be like really strong of mind. But you know what? At the end of the day, if you know, if his idea is a little bit more better, you know what? This, this yeah. dude. And it's no egos. We go straight up like, yo, you know what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then Maybe you could say mine for later. And yeah, then and then, so like, yeah. I'll say this concept for later on. So, you know, and then we just go from there. Um, and yeah, the writing process, it's like, we pretty much just feed off each other. Like, man, like, when we're writing to a certain song, it's like, I can't wait to hear what, what Jack does <laughs> for this. And not only that, it's like, I kind of, even though it's not a competition, but he does push me. You know what I mean? And I he hope, pushes to be better. Yeah, and you know, and I, I push him too, you know. So I think that also, you know, plays a lot in our in our writing process. And yeah, concepts, it just depends, you know. Like, you know, everybody says, you know, the beat speaks to them. And, and you know, it does, you know, at times. Exactly. And um, yeah, so it just depends. You know, sometimes we'll do his concept. And all right, dude, we do your concept. Like, hey, I have an idea of this. And he'll, if he's feeling it, cool. If he's yeah. not, then, all right, we'll, we'll try to work something out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely, I want to say... Uh, we don't really have ego clashes at all, man. It's because I just want to say it's because we've had a, a friendship before this rap shit. So yeah. we kind of understand each other a lot better. You know I mean? We're not kids no more. We're already grown. So, uh, yeah. And uh, to add on, we, uh, you know, like you said, we go, we hit the library um, for the Orlando Watley track. We're like, yo, we got to hit the library and really zone out for this. Yeah. For the um, Great Mystery track, we wrote that roughly about a year ago, a little after Ready for War. Wrote all the lyrics, but we didn't put it out until October. We always say... We can only imagine having some big ass speakers just bumping, mm-hmm. where we could just chill and write lyrics. Yeah. We play it off our phone, homie, off a little Bluetooth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it's barely thumping and shit. And we're just like, cool, trying to get in the zone. Or sometimes it'll just be me I'll chilling at the spot and be like, he's at work, he works graveyard. So I'm like, you know what? I feel like I'm feeling creative right now. I'm gonna write to that beat that he shot me, mm-hmm. and I just shoot him the lyrics. He checks him out during his break. I'm like, you know what you think? Like fuck it, you know. Let's put this shit on wax, and or you know, let's yeah. so we right. We'll hit up the studio, the hood studio next yeah, week. Yeah. And, shit, um. and, that, and then when when he shoots me that verse or that hook, 
or the idea, then I'll feed off that. I won't be like, oh, I don't really want to write. I don't know. Talk about yeah, that. Yeah. No, I, I just feed off of it. Mm-hmm. And like nothing's forced. Like all these tracks I love about this project is, is nothing's forced. As a duo, nothing's forced. And um, chemistry, you know, yeah, just chemistry, yeah. spirituality, you know, we're both, we're trying to, you know, vibrate high and, uh, you know, check ourselves as like, you know what? Ain't no fucking, there isn't one person who's, who's running the show here. It's, it's a duality, you know, uh, yeah. He's a lot more quieter than I am. Uh, you yeah. can hear it in his voice when he raps. He's he's more mellow. You know, me, I'm, I'm a little bit louder even when I speak. You, you guys know? have a good dichotomy. Yeah. I we're really right, like right. that. You yeah, guys really... It, yeah, and to add on to that, and um, yeah, man, and th- that's what I love about our duo is that um, usually a lot of duos uh, like Mob Deep, Outkast, you know, Prodigy Havoc, they sound, you know, similar. Unless you're really in, like, really know a real, like, real, real, you know, diehard fan, you'll know the difference. Mm-hmm. But if it's just a, a general person, they'll be like, oh, they sound, they sound the same. And I want to say, too, like, a little bit like Andre 3000 and Big Boy, they have the same type of, you know, flow. I just want to say Andre's a little bit more lyrical than Big Boy is, but they got that same type of flow and their voice tone is, you know, it's almost the same. And I just think, you know, with us, it's like, you know, you know who Jag is, and you know who who Threat is. <laughs> yeah, you are not gonna, you are not, yeah, you are not gonna confuse us. Yeah. We gotta turn up the um, the vocal. Sometimes the vocals are a little bit higher because his voice is a little bit lower than mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and then sometimes I gotta tell this fool, hey, back up, back up. <laughs> yeah. a bit. You're hitting the levels too high. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 let me check your levels. It's high yeah. now, um, and it's and it's cool because at the end of the day, um, we want to bring, uh, like you said, it's not a competition, but. I do, I am humbled. I'm like, fuck, you know what? I need a, he went too hard on, he went hard as fuck on taking heads. The joint we did over that criminology instrumental. Nasty on the MIC, fuck TV, from the land of the free, not really, modified nine millies with the drum mag, pop silly, also wicked with the hands like Philly tags, cosmic force catching body bags, skills don't lack, children of the sun, born in the trap, fuck that, breaking down walls for the lost, Tupac crucified on the cross, Biggie spitting symphonies, puns, multis lyrically, Big L punchlines, I've done my history, student of the craft, rhythm and poetry, more than rap, I got more than gas, but he's lame, Cats kick back, keep it old school like eight tracks. New school like drill beats, revolutionary native palabras. Like Zapata speaking now, Hefita said, Dale ganas, got the balas, the world found. Move strategically like red clouds. They sponsor terrorists, wanna see me down. Never that, Jag on my back. Knowledge itself, product of rape, still couldn't erase. And did he not hear my DNA? Tell I'm in the fucking grave. What up? Like, still to this day, I'm like, I need to step my shit up sometimes, you know? And I like it because he has a lot more experience than I do. It just pushes me to, to step my game up on my delivery and also on my the way I write structure, my rhyme patterns and shit, you know? So it's tight, man. It's a duality, and that is how our ancestors' mm-hmm. uh, their worldview was, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely, you know, like, I know he's talking about, like, how my writing kind of pushes him to, you know, step up in his bars. I want to say when it comes to uh, stage presence and performing, I see this dude... Because, see, I have a lot of experience when it comes to writing and making music. But when it comes to actually being on stage, you know, I've done rap battles here and there. But, you know, that was you know, when I was young, in high school. So now, you know, doing shows again, it's kind of new to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, same way that I push him with the writing, he pushes me with my stage presence. And, you know, and being more active on stage, moving around, getting more in tune with the crowd, moving the crowd and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, duality. Definitely, bro. Awesome. 
I kind of heard something like, you know, you all said it a little earlier. Uh, I heard the name Orlando Watley, right? You all dropped a video for the album's track Behind Enemy Lines, right? Which right. chronicles the plight of Orlando Watley. I don't say, I can't, I can honestly say I don't know too much about uh, this particular case. And for anybody else who may be listening, uh, maybe you all could shed some light on uh, the case's background, why you guys felt compelled to dedicate an entire song, you know, to bring awareness to this case. Creator, I'm calling one more time. Show me a sign. Let me know they hear the warriors rhyme. Let me know they not going for wood and nickels and dimes and know the difference between justice and government crimes. Let me know they still see their freedom lives in peace and recognize the oppressor is still a wide-eyed beast. Let them see what I'm seeing when I keep falling asleep. My people filling mass graves 25 feet deep. The smell of death rising from a ghost dancer shirt. Babies covered in mud from blood soaked in dirt. The false pale-faced God they brought to smother the hurt. Why they murdered all the ones who didn't want to convert Now this is why it's still hard for us to live But easy to die How can we love who we are If we believe in the lie We must return to the fire, the water, the sky Our mother earth to keep our children from wondering why And only then would a creator make itself seen To give my people the answer to what it all mean But until then, understand that we are all one Native people of grandfather's son yeah, 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 yeah. I met Orlando Wiley some years ago via the cyber world, you know, um, through comrades that we have on the internet. And um, I became very, very good friends with his wife, Kanahus, who, uh, Kanahus Red Woman, who is uh, indigenous to what people today call Canada and um, the illegal colonial nation of Canada. She is of uh, the Sequatmug Nation, who are currently fighting a big battle against uh, Imperial Metals and the Kinder Morgan Pipeline that is gonna, you know, destroy their lands and people see uh, Canada as some kind of liberal paradise and shit, but they're very, they're still practicing genocidal tactics on the indigenous people, the wildlife in that area. On the side of that, Kanahus and me started building a little more. You know, she started taking this fight uh, seriously because Orlando Wally is her partner. They just got married recently in the prison and she's been going to innocent projects, conventions all over the country, you know, and you know, trying to see which innocence project will pick his case up and uh, reopen it. when he was wrongfully convicted. He was wrongfully convicted for a triple homicide. There was fabricated and falsified evidence, judicial and prosecutorial misconduct, and with that being said, there was big elections going on. I promise you that public works will really be public works. I'll give the public the work. In the area where he was from, Riverside County Police, they needed a um, Pretty much there was pressure to solve unsolved murder cases. It has been another violent weekend among the gangs of California. A man who was standing in line to see colors, the movie about gangs, was shot in the head by someone wearing the colors of a rival gang. So far this year, almost 100 people have been killed in gang-related violence in the Los Angeles area. And for every death, as Bonnie Strauss reports, there are related victims. $30,000, we're sorry, so it's fabricated. <laughs> and he's been down in uh, Calipatria State Prison, fully incarcerated since uh, 1993, down 24 years as of last year. 
and um, he was arrested at 19, life without the possibility of parole. Kanahus is actually, he does a lot of fighting, you know, everywhere, back in her home territory because her territory is still unceded territory from the colonial Canada, Canadian government. She's fighting that with her tribe up there and also doing the work for Elbone. She reached out, she knew we did music, and said, yeah, we're gonna do that track. Elbone had actually shot me a verse through the phone. that you know in the pen and in the cages where you know he's held captive you know it's a very powerful verse an acapella you know we really got together and said you know we really want to let's shed some light to this and because knowing is half the battle you feel me like if we didn't know who uh, leonard peltier was then you know there wouldn't be people marching the streets fucking writing letters to obama who failed and fucking being the last person that could release him knowing is half the battle so now that we have a certain amount of people who know thankfully People reached out to us. And there's a sister. Shout out to Angelica, New York City. Um, homegirls, you know, very witty with the law and, you know, been like law school type of shit. And um, her and her people is at a nonprofit. They're looking, you know, they're going through all the evidence and shit. Have all the evidence in the, in the flash drive. All of Elkbone's evidence. Um, he's held on to his innocence, man. No, the system, the one that mm -hmm. fucking, oh, take this deal. Just, just <laughs> yeah. so you can fucking be fucked, you know? Public pretenders, you know. Uh, thankfully, it's landed in some very generous hands, you know, very people who, who are willing to help out. And we shot a music video. We shot it in uh, San Bernardino, you know, Serrano, Yuhavitam territory. Big shout out to the Yuhavitam people, you know. We're, you know, we live on their territory, so it's always important to acknowledge whose grounds we're on uh, because before it was of any, any colonial nation, you know, these are the original people from that land. He had a history. He has a long history. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Vergonis, you know, he's a criminal. A criminal. Who, who's fucking... Um, fabricated shit on people, like evidence and shit like that. There's a brother named Kevin Cooper who's currently on death row. He could be killed any day by the state. Again, Daniel Gronis put him on that. You have William Richards, who just got out of prison after 20 plus years. Met him at a fucking innocence uh, convention. He was like, I was framed by the same guy that put Elkbone down. I was accused of killing my wife and shit. I got home one day, my wife was dead. I went in prison for fucking 20 years. Then they let me out saying, oh, it was a fucking mistake, you know? So Kanahus like, has been building with him you know, just to expose the criminalist, uh, Daniel Gregonis. We really, you know, as artists, we're just, you know, using our art to, you know, hopefully the same way people make posters that inform people, hey, here's a workshop for your rights. As an immigrant, you know, you do have rights. Come to this workshop. Well, same thing with our art. You know, we hope to put it out into the universe. Hopefully, we know we can move forward because, you know, I speak with Elk on the phone. He has hope, you know, and like, I can't wait till I touch down with y'all I'm really grateful. You know, he's a good brother, good solid brother. He's on the murder yard. He's had to survive in an environment in one of America's worst prisons, very violent, you know, yard, when, you know, he's not a killer. He, he never yeah, killed nobody. Yeah. So to have to adapt to that, you know, it's, it's a really fucked up thing to it go is. through, you know what I mean? So like, we're for show, um, you know, with him, for Orlando Wally, you know. Orlando Wally. Yeah. Bone, you know, yeah. that's our comrade behind enemy lines. No doubt. Another one of my favorite tracks, it's actually another one of your most popular ones, is um, A New Start.
Another day on stolen land with a plan to escape the plantation. A river of blood, sacrifice and love. I'm spitting liberation while these fake rich rappers be bluffing me. Puffing never that dog. Only time I tote is the smoke from the sword off. Yeah, this sobriety is sacred by native. I'm malignant to the Aryan matrix. No gang affiliation cause I bang, semi not rock. I'm Yala's most wanted cause I'm trying to do positive Il Chicano and Vicanavi suckers can't clash, won't last Hit them with some mustard gas Designer fashion rappers, trash establishment, I blast What was the process and the inspiration behind that song? I chose the instrumental So uh, yeah, one day my, my brother's a real big fan of J. Cole So we were to ride to work one day and uh, I was playing that song Yo, what is this? What's is that? J. Cole? What's this song called? Uh, cool. And then, you know, uh, a couple weeks later, I pitched the idea to uh, Jag. And he's like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's rock it. And then when it came to the concept, um, I just found the place by itself. Yeah, right? Honestly, it fell into place by itself. Um, and then, yeah, and then just the deeper we got into the song, we're like, you know what? Let's keep this song on a more positive tip. You know, more like, all around tip. And, uh, and yeah, and we just went from there. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like you said, you know, it kind of just came natural. We wanted uh, to do something different than the, you know, really aggressive, like, militant shit on a more positive vibe, like, you know, well, you know, we just got to keep it moving in this matrix. We're, we're just surviving. We can't all be activists sometimes. Like, we just, some of us are just surviving. A lot of our people, you know, are surviving. A lot of our people don't, don't got papers. A lot of our people, they have a disability and, you know, they can't, they can't maneuver the way a lot of able-bodied people are, you know. So especially with this, you know, this new administration, you know, who's, uh, you know, it's just straight up, they all ain't shit, right? You know, but this is just like, this is all more clans, a little more clans-like, you know what I mean? Uh, Obama nation, uh, deporter in chief, you know, mm -hmm. drone, drone bomber. We know he was uh, anything but a nice guy, you know, he was just an elegant Harvard, yeah, Harvard law student, right? They're all elites, they're all, you know, yeah. oligarchs and shit, so. Yeah. It's all just a show for neoliberalism, right? Definitely. It's all this, like, racism's gone and it's not anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. Obama fixed everything, right? Post-racial right. America. Yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> we got a black guy and a white guy sitting at the table, like, mm -hmm. chilling and shit, right? So yeah. Gonna... Yeah, I like the song's placement because it really does feel like the calm after the storm, you know? It's very uplifting and a little bit lighter. It keeps it real still. But it's not all doom and gloom, you know. There's the positive, you know, mm -hmm. too. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, throw in there, um, you know, as a person who's been sober uh, my entire life, I wanted to, you know, put that message out there um, for a lot of our people who are abusing, you know, um, their addictions, you know. But unfortunately, when people of color, you know, brown or black people have addictions, um, you know, we're not, we're criminals. We're not, we're not addicts, we're criminals and shit. Mm -hmm. We're not um, alcoholics, we're drunks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when white folks have opioid problems, oh, you know what I mean? They, they it's crazy it's shit. Oh, yeah. It's right, yeah. Word up, so, you know, we wanted to just, you know, really reach out to the line where I talk about the revolutionary duty of being a father, which is of being a parent is very revolutionary. Yeah. It's an art, you know? Um, we always shout out the parents at our shows, you know? we. You know, shout out to the parents, man. If you, you're a mom or a dad, you know, or, or you're a mentor, you're, you're a big brother to somebody in your community, you know, that's the most revolutionary shit you could do just to give a give someone who needs direction a, a move in, the, in a positive, you know, way. Uh, Those are your first teachers. Word up, because, you know, some of us didn't have that. You know, fortunately, I had a father who really, you know, um, put me up on game on a lot of shit, but, you know, a lot of people, the streets raise them, you feel me? Sometimes there are people who raise them aren't. You know, they're going through shit too, you know, they're, they're yeah. victims of the state too, you know. But yeah, it was a really positive track. His flow um, was very mellow.
Fire narcos, more like Comandante Marcos. Messed up, militant, vigilant, Chicano, indigenous. Flipping words, not flipping bricks. How my hand they're illegal on their own continent. Fuck the president, no doubt our home. Imaginary borders telling we can document it. They don't belong. Working hard, clocking in. Double shifts, Ray Mysterio with the flow. Flipping when I slam shit off the top rope. Verbal dope, candy don't shots when my pen stroke. Heart broke, still motivated by the love of my people. Rest in power, Philando Castile, shipping real. Ain't gotta keep it pink, swine, keep it middle finger, stay green. Black and brown on that unity shit. If you're the opposite, what is it you fear? Enslavement, genocide, indoctrination. was very mellow so it really like the instrumental it just it all went well man mm-hmm. all came together. yeah yeah you guys also grow in spanish through uh, many of your songs sure. and jay you actually have a entire song that's yeah. in spanish exactly. do you guys plan on making more songs or putting stuff on future releases where you guys speak like definitely. entirely yeah so uh, yeah definitely uh, we actually have uh two spanish tracks we're working on right now and that see that's an experience for me because um i've always had like Spanish here and there, but never like how Jag has where he has a whole song where he's spitting in Spanish. Cámaras en la calle, we don't give a fuck Jugando una cascara de fútbol Pateando la calaca de Donald Trump, what up? Yeah, miren ahí les viene El straight edge greñudo Gritando, viva la revolución Levantando el puño Anda si quieres dispara esas balas Pero seguiré vivo como Salvador Cabañas El futbolista, la migra supremacista Blanca me pregunta que si tengo mica Mi mica es mi rostro nativo Descendiente de la gente indígena original descendiente de los inca maya y mexica la conquista de cortés pizarro y colón no perdono ni se olvida será inmortal el espíritu del gran general pancho villa aguas con el jaguar en la selva de chiapas rifa zapatista recen con su biblia ni eso lo salvará por allá en panamá la resistencia les dará pesadilla las mujeres sandinistas listas listas con las llamas palacía so definitely this experience of writing in Spanish is definitely a challenge for me, but it's a challenge that I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to accept. I know I'll, I'll do my best to still keep it hip-hop and still keep it lyrically at the same level that I do in Spain in English. For sure. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, And then pretty sure we won't have more releases in Spanish. I know Jag, Jag also actually, he's working on a solo track. It's English and it's Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm working on a track called Chronicles of Michoacan. Quite a big chunk of my heritage it comes from the what is today the state in Mexico called Michoacan. It is um, Western Mexico, next to Jalisco, next to uh, Guerrero, and then Mexico City capital. I have a you know long line of you know relatives there who who I'm a product of that ancestral background, and I want to shed light on the a similar way we know about the Mexica, the Aztecs, you know shed light on the, the Purépecha, who were the original people of Michoacán. And I'm going to do it responsibly and respectfully. There are still Purépecha communities, you know, traditional Purépecha communities um, living in their territories, say in their territories and in our territories, because I'm also Purépecha ancestry. Um, I've just, you know, been disconnected um, through colonialism and imperialism, mm-hmm. you know, has forced my parents to move to the other side of the colonial border. Nonetheless, uh, we are our ancestors, you know. People say, oh, but you're not your ancestor. No, we are, you know. I live like them. <laughs> yeah, I just like them. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, to further expand on the whole Spanish thing, um, although Spanish is the language of the people who call my, my ancestors, uh, I'll keep it real, you know. That's the language my parents communicate in. That's the language 
oftentimes we are discriminated for speaking here in yeah. the United States. Yeah. Although it is a colonizer's language too, back then, you know, the, the Spaniards, when they showed up in the armor, they killed us for not speaking Spanish. And now the imperialist Yankees killed us for speaking Spanish, you know, at the border or here. You know, these all-right Nazis in the South and shit, you know, my heart goes out Speak to... American. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> my heart goes out to my people who are not in the Southwest because fortunately we have community here in the Southwest, oh, a yeah. really strong presence of, because we've always been here, right? And similar in the South, you know, I have, I have some homeboys that who are or Chicanos and they live in Alabama and man, you get, you will get fucked up for speaking Spanish. La Raza, they, they live in fear. Um, I'd say a lot more than, you know, than here because there's not, we're not as thick out there, you know what I mean? So, they don't got that community the, right. the same way that we do out here. Exactly, yeah. and community is everything, man. It, it's your circle, you know? So yeah, to say more about the Spanish thing, we are working on a brand new track with um, our brother, our OG, uh, Victory. He's a member of the hip hop uh, trio called El Vu. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, uh, they've been holding it down, laying a foundation for Chicanos of indigenous ancestry in, in the West Coast for a very long time. Before the internet, you know, they've just been rocking the underground, real gutter raw, spitting that ancestral knowledge of the Mexica, the Maya, the Toltec wisdom, you know. They're like mentors, you know, to a lot of our community. Uh, they call themselves curanderos of the ghetto, which is what they really are, you know, and they're medicine men, you know, putting it on wax, on the tape. And it's important to remember always that we come from these very powerful philosophies, uh, spirituality, before we were uh, converted to religions, um, uh, foreign religions, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, colonizers religions. Right, colonized religions, you know. Teach your own, you know. I left the faith I grew up with for more of a of an ancestral um, worldview and understanding, uh, which was, um, you know, a, a very Mesoamerican cosmovision. We got a track with the homie Victory from El Vu. It's going to be dedicated to an indigenous ancestor from what is today Venezuela. His name was Huaycaipuro. He was a, a warrior who was on some pan-indigenous shit before pan-indigenism existed, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was uniting tribes who might have beefed it with yeah. each other during those times because like, yo, I know we might not, maybe they, they weren't even enemies, but they just didn't really speak, you know, they're their own territories. Well, now we have a bigger enemy that was just invaded our, ter- our lands and they want to kill us all, like, mm-hmm. you know? So he united tribes and um, we want to dedicate a track to him so that his legacy is never forgotten because he's erased out of the, the history books. We know we're not going to learn no shit about Venezuela in the U.S. because, oh, you know, yeah, right? yeah, we know what's going on right now. Right, they hit all the Maduro's, the devil, the, the Chavez was the devil. Yeah. Rest in power over Chavez, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, most yeah. deaf. Uh, my father uh, taught me a lot about him, and I think uh, when he passed away, you know, uh, I was in community college, and uh, I was walking, and, like, I, I had heard that he had passed away. It just, it tripped me out because as I was walking, there was a little sticker like a graphite stuck on the wall, I said, rebel, resist, revolt. At that moment is when I exactly looked online and I seen that he had passed away. So it was kind of like a very uh, coincidental because, uh, you know, he was such a rebellious figure uh, in uh, what is south of the colonial border, you know, uh, against U.S. imperialism, man. Mm-hmm. He really trolled the United States. Yeah. You feel me? Um, he trolled the shit out of Bush, you know? Yeah, yeah. Obama. Obama, you know, um, there was definitely some foul play, you know, with the way he went out, you know, I think for sure, you know, the Yankees had some foul play uh, the way he went out, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, I don't think people um, just, you can't get sick just like that, but, you know, we never know, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We shouldn't just uh, think that the Empire wouldn't be capable of that, right? Oh, especially with how many times they tried to assassinate yeah. Fidel Castro yeah. and, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, for real. To, like, add on to the Spanish, I also think, um, you know, spitting what we, the content in Spanish that we do, I think it, it would probably affect more to our Spanish-speaking relatives because, mm-hmm. man, like, I'm also from Michoacan, 
when I go to Mexico, you know, when we go down there, like you think we colonize here, you go down there, it's just colonization on top of colonization. It's just, mm. they look at me crazy for even trying to, you know, embrace my indigeneity. Like, dude, you're, like, we're not Indios, but right. it's like that self-hate. Mm-hmm. So I think between this in Spanish decolonization, I think um, we definitely want to hit, you know, not even a market. Different just, audience. We just want to, you know, speak to them, you know, mm-hmm. and they understand Spanish. So you know what? We'll speak in Spanish. Yeah. That's what right. we got to do. Also on the track that dedicated to Waikaipuro, we have a comrade from Venezuela who's on the track. Yep. He's a member of the Guerrilla Republic, uh, Venezuela chapter. Um, he lives in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. We've been tied for a minute. Have a lot of homeboys in Venezuela from the G-Rep chapter out there. And uh, shout out to Guerrilla Republic, man. Those are some comrades right there, my peoples. So um, we got him on the track. He already sent his verse, you know. The beautiful thing with the internet, you know, we could just, yeah. he's all the way down there, you know. They're fighting their battle, man, so, you know. Salute to that. Um, he's uh, mm-hmm. my, our brother Amus de la Rima, um, A-M-U-S. He laid down a very powerful verse. He he has ancestral background of the territory where Waikapuru is from, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's only right, you know, we got somebody to direct. Uh, uh, to contribute to that. Right, definitely. I can't wait to hear it, guys. You. you guys occupy a unique space musically. Historically, there haven't been that many Chicano mm-hmm. rappers whose music... An overall message comes from a decidedly and overtly uh, politically and socially conscious position. You know, likewise, it kind of goes out saying there's not a lot of indigenous MCs right. out in the game that get of a lot of attention, you know, from the mainstream, you know, but even in the underground, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. for that matter. So is making a record like behind enemy lines, is it kind of like a challenge these preconceived notions and stereotypes as well as giving a glimpse into like a perspective that isn't always or often explored in the genre? Um, yeah, I think it's definitely a challenge. But, man, how it just comes so naturally to us. We don't really, it's just like kind of effortlessly because our heart's in it. Mm-hmm. So it just it just comes out of us. and um, It's organic. Yeah, it's man. And, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, so we want to bridge that gap between us and our Native American brothers from what is today the U.S., yeah. you know. We have a lot of support from Natives from the U.S. on the res in Arizona. We've been asked to perform at Pine Ridge mm-hmm. uh, for a sobriety festival. My sister um, uh, runs a sobriety, uh, she books events for a sobriety festival, man. It's really fucked up how many uh, of our Native American uh, relatives are dying because of alcoholism in their 30s, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't by accident, you know, it was definitely um, orchestrated by, you know, the Empire, Pine Ridge, um, Standing Rock, all that. And uh, I built, we have a lot of supporters, man, from the res, a lot of, um, you know, whether it be Navajo, you know, Apache, Dakota, Lakota, a lot of natives from different nations in the U.S., whether they've been removed from their reservation life, they live in the city now. Some of the homies still live in the city. They fuck with our message. And we want to bridge that gap between us as Chicanos who have been also disconnected from our ancestral heritage. Some of us don't know uh, what tribal background we're from because, again, these are layers of colonialism that we're shedding, man. Like, if you get someone to even admit they're Mexican, bro, like, that's already shedding a layer of colonialism because, you know, you know, as Mexicans, we're seen as fucking like we ain't shit here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when we keep this fucking shit running, you know, we keep this machine running. And uh, it's real, like you say, you know, it's organic, man. So we want to build that bridge with our relatives from the north, you know, come respectfully and responsibly and not appropriate or uh, make full of out of anyone's culture because we're really about this shit. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I was in Standing Rock for a short amount of time. You know, I contributed um, with an organization. I'm, I, uh, I'm affiliated with called Chica, Chicano Indigenous Community for Culturally Conscious Advocacy and Action. It's out in San Bernardino. A lot of great work. It's all organic. Non, no, no fucking uh, 
501c3, no fucking donations from, you know, the liberals and shit. It's all organic, grassroots, raw. Yeah, we went out there. We raised fucking money at a cookout we did. People donated supplies. Drove out there. The homeboy's car, homeboy Jason's car. People know what homie. Um, and um, we dropped all stuff off and, you know, got to, you know, at least do that, you know, mm-hmm. contribute in any way. And I always tell people, never underestimate the power of your contribution. It could be post on the gram. That's... Yeah. You're winning with that. We're, you know, anything that fucking speaking about it at the dinner table with your parents, with your sister, with your mom, cousin, you're already, you know, you're putting that effort out to the universe that, you know, uh, you share it on Facebook, we share it on Twitter. You go put a poster on the wall because you don't fuck with the internet. I still see those posters in the streets and they'll say, hey, mm-hmm. come out to this march, you know. It's great. It's coming together organically and we hope to build a, a strong uh, connection and bridge that gap between us as, a, you know, from the Mesoamerican diaspora with our northern native you know. <coughs> And that kind of brings us to a real interesting point that you touched sure. on a little bit, which is in, in both your music and in social media, you guys stress uh, the importance for indigenous folk and, you know, those with indigenous ancestry to study and reconnect with their roots, right? Um, what are some ways that you guys would recommend that, you know, people go about that? Myself, like, I'm from Colombia, right? And I also have, like, Mexica and Chicanx roots, right? right? Just, like you said, colonialism, right? Right, right, right? Particularly for us, you know, who fall into that, like, Chicano, Mexica diaspora here in the southwest United States, or even other destabilized people like my family that came from Colombia. Like, uh, how do you, how would you guys recommend going about like discovering that like part for especially like you said living in a society that has layered levels of internalized racism? I say you know there is no how to to do this. You know, so n- nothing I will say right now is a uh, it's just a disclaimer. Nothing is law. You know, it's just uh, my mm-hmm. own overstanding and the way I've I've uh, been reconnecting and rerouting on this journey. Um, uh, some of us are, some people are orphans, man. They don't even know where the fuck in the Americas their parents were from, you know? So I know there is DNA testing and shit like that out there, but you know, some people don't got money for that. And, you know, sometimes people ain't really down with the DNA. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they already got my shit, you know? But uh, yeah. they already got a lot of shit, man. They got that facial recognition Fucking shit. But, yeah, they got yeah. everything. Yeah, though, but they anyway, got a bunch of stuff. Um, if you do have access, if you have a parent, grandparent, you know, say something as simple could be like, you know, where were you born, you know? Now, if, let's say, oh, I was born in, I don't know, um, Guadalajara, Mexico, Guadalajara, Jalisco. All right, well, were your parents from there, or did they migrate there? Because a lot of times, you know, there, there's migrations, you know, all, they've been going on. For me, I asked my grandmother, I said, you know, where, uh, you're from Michoacan, right? She's like, yeah, I am. Where were your parents from? She said, oh, my mother was from Michoacan, and my father was from Guanajuato. So I didn't know that. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? All, all my life, I've just known that my parents are from Michoacan, Mexico. So I came to the understanding that my grandmother's father was, according to her, un indio, which is, just translates to an Indian, you know? Which she, she's very indigenous herself, but she just won't call herself that because the caste system in Mexico was like, uh, Europeans born in Spain, mm-hmm. the top, next, Europeans born in Mexico, and what is today of the Americas, fucking next, you know? And then mestizos, which is a person of mixed indigenous and Spanish heritage. And then you had um, uh, just, you know, full-blooded natives. At the end of the day, uh, you go to any res in the United States, everyone's mixed, bro.
me your paperwork. Oh, how much blood do you have? How much blood quantum do you have? I say it in the song. I'm not federally recognized. I have no tribal ID. But I don't need to. I look like our ancestors sitting bull. I look respectfully. I look like white guy poodle. You do too, my bro. You know what I mean? So some of us look different in the diaspora because of our experience with colonialism. You know, some of us are lighter skinned. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're not native, you know what I mean? I've met natives on the red with blue eyes and long hair and shit. They know who they ride for, you know? Around the Watley, mixed with African as well. You know, our experience, you know, you got our Boricua family in Puerto Rico. You know, there's a strong African presence there because of the transatlantic slave trade. different based on our experience with colonialism nonetheless indigenous blood is indigenous blood and it's about where your heart is and your spirit you know you know some of us will have features like the really rough thick skin the the eagle nose or, or the flat nose like like olmec ancestors some of us will, will be smaller in stature you know which is another fucked up thing that uh, it's a european beauty standard of where we're judged as a as men uh, a brown man uh and we have to be tall or some kind of shit like that Oh, hell nah. <laughs> I've always been told I'm tall for a Mexican and shit, and I've seen a lot of my comrades be discriminated for being smaller in stature. I mean, you're just bowing down to European beauty standards. A lot of our yeah. people are, are small in stature. You know, when we faced against the Spaniards, we were smaller than them, you know what I mean? Uh, our people went for the heart. Some of our ancestors ripped hearts out. your spirit is that you know that you're going after that shit you know i know i'm indigenous i look at uh, being indigenous as a as a race even though race is a social construct we know there's only one race the human race but our experience in, in the americas has been unfortunately uh, a really fucked up one because of the racial social uh, shit that's been going down um so i know i'm a native american i know i'm indigenous to this continent american indian nikan blaca some people use that term here in the southwest uh i'm chicano but at the end of the day, I would never put on a headdress. Uh, I'm not a plains native, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we must decolonize responsibly. You can appropriate uh, indigenous culture. You shouldn't do that. Um, you can appropriate your own culture sometimes. We're not down with cultural appropriation. We, we do so responsibly. Build a community, uh, build with elders. If we don't even have elders sometimes, you're still native, you know? Whether you speak the colonized language now or not, that's in your DNA. You, you When you look in the mirror, it doesn't lie to you. I encourage our people to identify with a term that doesn't make us look like foreigners in a place we've been on for thousands of years, 30,000 plus years, you know? We're not foreigners. We've been here forever. We were here before them. We're here before the churches, their institutions, their Bibles, all of that. Positive, people going in the positive direction and reclaiming their that ancestral at least identity and then from there you know to each your own you're if you want to go into the spirituality or you know learn some ceremonies you know come respectfully ask people and at the end of the day uh, there is no wrong or right way follow your heart and there's no manual right ain't no manual to this you know and like I said everything I say it's not law but it's what's worked with me and fortunately I've had a lot of good mentors a lot of good uh, people who have uh, guided me in, in a good direction I feel Shout out to the big homie Kimichi Pili, um, my brother Jaguar from First Nation Syndicate, 
Akimichipili actually runs a site called Six Sun Riders, hoping to connect a lot of Chicanx youth. A positive worldview, a cosmovision of you know understanding Native American philosophy, because although Native American cultures, there's hundreds of them. Every tribe has their own dance, right? Every mm -hmm. tribe has their own prayer, their own language. But at the end of the day, we give thanks to that which gives us life, the, the elements, you know, the plants, the animals. We know we can't exist without them. And we know we've always understood we got to have a respectful relationship with our environment. We live in a very consumer society, so consume as little as possible. Like, shit, I'm, I'm wearing, we came out here on the trip to San Diego, I'm, I'm wearing jeans that um, my brother used to use when he was like 16, and he's 32 now. You know what I mean? Like, these shits are just passed down to me. They still look good. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's good because... It's throwback now. Right, right. right. <laughs> and I'll, be, I'll buy shit, but at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? The shit that I buy, it's, it's usually shit that's like, has a very conscious message on like, like, fuck Trump or something like that. Yeah, like, hell yeah. Right. <laughs> um, little shit like, you know, having a respectful relationship with uh, not doing, not participating in so much consumerism. We all drive cars. You know, if you can ride a bike, shit, ride a bike to the liquor store for once. You know what I mean? or wherever you get your shit. Um, if you can, when you go to the restroom, instead of getting 20, 20 napkins to wipe your hands after you wash them, get one and then fucking try them on your pants, homie, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> shit like that. You know, it's, it's baby steps. When you brush your teeth, fucking turn the water off and, you know, only yeah. open it, you know, shit like that, so. Yeah. And yeah. definitely, um, I'll say, like, for me, I think that pan-indigenous, it's like whatever's accessible to you, Right. It, might, it might not be your tribe or the nation right. that you originate from, but if you could learn from them and if you have elders that are willing to teach you, I mean, take that. And you just got to, you know, just watch yourself with the appropriation, like my brother Jag was talking about. Because it's like, me too, man. You know, one of my main teachers is Jag. And at the same time, he's a teacher that's also, he's still learning stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when he, and, you know, I'm very fortunate that he, he's from the same area that my uh, family and my ancestors are from, too. So he does share a little bit of knowledge, you know, and as of recently, like, because I have one of my father, he's from Jalisco. Mm -hmm. We've been trying to pinpoint, I'm trying to find, like, the, the nation that, so, you know, like, little things like that. Like, he'll send me, you know, links, just articles, and just little things like that to try to figure out. Where exactly, and then also, you know, asking your grandparents, your mother, like, oh, well, where were you born? What was your mom born? And asking your grandparents, oh, I think that, that also plays a part too. But if you don't have that, whatever's accessible around you, whether it's Lakota or Apache, whatever, whoever's around you, and if they're willing to give you that knowledge and, you know, just learn and just be respectful, and you know, I think that, that works also. Right. Too. And uh, to add on just a few more points to that is, um, you know, we all have, uh, we see the strong Mexica, uh, specifically Aztec. Um, teachings and philosophies uh, that are accessible here in the Southwest. So many um, Chicanx youth gravitate towards um, the, the knowledge and the uh, collective heritage that the Mexica left. Of course, you know, we're not all Mexica, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, it's um, a lot of the teachings and they left so much behind that it's accessible to so many of us, you know. So many people have been sharing these uh, what's on the codices, you know, that they left behind, the ones that the Spaniards didn't burn because they burned libraries, all kinds of shit, right? And I see it as, you know, as long as, to me, it warms my heart to see people identifying with something greater than the foreign labels we're labeled with, you know, immigrants, illegal, fucking, all this shit. Uh, even the word mestizo, you know, although technically in the, I uh, lived in Mexico, I'd be considered a mestizo simply because I, I fucking don't speak my ancestral tongue anymore. I've been in towns where there are indígena pueblos, which is just an indigenous village. I, I notice I look more indigenous than some of the people there sometimes, but the Mexican government will call me a mestizo simply because I I don't know my tongue anymore. So that just made me not indigenous all of a sudden, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, which is some bullshit, you feel yeah. me? Like, 
Um, yes, and it's, it's a way to strip you from your rights as a, as a person for you to migrate on your, where you're at, you know, on the, the hemisphere we've been on for thousands of years. You know, we know the Mexica migrated from up north. We know they migrated from Aslan. We don't know exactly where Aslan is, but we know it's a real place. We know they came down, and that, once they landed in central Mexico, that's where they knew they, needed, they were going to build their massive um, city that, um, you know, left so much behind. It was like a fucking crazy, to those who came from Europe, like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is massive, you know, Tenochtitlan, you know? You know, if you have access to anyone in your community who may be of indigenous, uh, who is more connected to their tribal heritage, if they're willing to teach you even something as like learning the, about the plants in the area, and you know what I mean? You know, I've been learning how to harvest uh, sage for, there's a lot of white sage in the mountains where we live in San Bernardino, and it's the Yuhavi town territory, and I uh, had a comrade who, who taught me how to harvest sage, and you know, you could put it in tea, instead of fucking drinking some Tylenol now, and I'll just fucking drink that in tea, you know, and it's having a relationship with your environment, you know, not abusing it, and going back to something that we should be doing, you know, now we have all this, all this bullshit, GMOs or whatever, Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, we want to cultivate, you know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, man. The word that comes to mind out of this is, uh, you say responsibly, you know, the term decolonize, it's thrown around a lot these days. It's used by artists, academics. It's used by a myriad of individuals and organizations across different social justice movements and circles. Uh, what does the term mean to you, you know, and how does one go about actively living out and decolonizing their lives and aiding the liberation and empowerment of Native peoples and other repressed peoples in the Americas, right. for that matter? To me, it means to unlearn. Unlearn and to relearn, whether it's pan-Indigenous or, you know, your direct roots whatever it may be. To me, it's unlearning what, you know, the colonizers have been doing to us, you know, since we came out the womb. But yeah, to me, that's what decolonizing means. And not only that, but not only to unlearn mentally, but also, you know, spiritually, you know, definitely, and, you know, physically. But, I mean, to say spiritually, um, I still think, you know, you can still follow faith, whether, you know, whether you're Christian or you're Muslim or whatever the faith may be. But I think also you just have a, you know, also have a conscious of the, the tribal spiritual stuff. So, I mean, that's... And also I, how you became Christian, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. understanding How did our grandparents become yeah, Christian, yeah, exactly, you know? Yeah. You know, if you're Christian, you'll teach their own, but how did that shit get here? Yeah, you know yeah I mean? precisely. So let's understand, uh, you know, how we even ever picked up a Bible, right? Yep. Um, yeah, you know, teach their own. We, you know, we respect everyone's, uh, you know, faith, beliefs. You know, there's atheist natives out there, you know? Yeah. Atheism, you know, you got agnostic people. I'm just a human. I don't know what the fuck is out there. You know, that's a very, you know, it's it's a very humble, you know, and same with us, you know, same with me. So, you know, I mean, uh, I've learned a lot from just, you know, the people around me who are kind enough to teach me to decolonize to me first and foremost is to kill the colonizer inside your mind first. Because, you know, you see yourself in the mirror and you're like, fuck, I wish I didn't have this bump on my nose that reminds me that I'm an original person from this continent. I, mean, I used to want to get surgery, bro. Like, people in my family hung no me, like, for the, for the bump, dog. Like, growing up, like, all my aunts and shit, like, they get their bump removed because it's normalized in the village where my people are from in Mexico to get that bump removed to look more European, you know? Um, so like you don't look too Indian, you feel me? So um, a lot of our people fucking, you know, they put blue eye contacts on, you know, dye their hair blonde and shit, you know? I'm not with that, you know? Everyone is free to do what they want with their own body, but I'm not with all that, and I know... I just want people to understand why y'all do it. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. 
Hopefully, I can just. I want you to know why the fuck you do. I, yeah, yeah. you know, you and, if, and if you still want to do it, yeah, that's what yeah, if you still want to do it, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, right, ahead, right, right. You know, go. you won't see me wearing no fucking wig like George Washington and shit. Like, we're not gonna be doing that bullshit, bro. Like, right. that being said, yeah, that's a question. With that, um, that really means decolonize. Really, really, like, all right, what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. This is self defense. Are we really gonna do some shit? Are we gonna strap the fuck up? Type of shit. Are we gonna, what are we gonna do, you know? So I'll leave that part out, but a lot of it is, I have a relationship, again, with agriculture, you know? Learn how to grow your own food. Can you, what can you grow? If I fucking, you know, what can you grow? Would you know how to do this? Would you know how to, um, if you live in the desert, can you grow some shit out there, you know? Mm-hmm. To decolonize, you know, a lot of it, it, it's intimidating sometimes because it's like, fuck, man, like, if some shit popped off and where am I gonna take off to? Would I be able to survive? Mm-hmm. If you threw me in the woods for a day, would I be scared as fuck? You know, that it's getting away from the comfort zone, you know what I mean? Getting away from the, from the technology, from the city, you know, sometimes. Even though, let's not buy into the racist stereotypes that indigenous peoples were all in, uh, living tribally and nomadic, because um, that in itself is a racist stereotype, um, because we had very big cities, you know? The place where, you know, our ancestors from, Sinsun, Michoacan, was a big metropolis. Of course, not a metropolis that exploits the environment. It was a metropolis that was built respectfully working with what was around and not uh, over, you know, fucking up the, our, our Mother Earth. And Tenochtitlan was another big metropolis. You had um, Cusco and the Quechua Empire, you know. You had uh, Poverty Point, Louisiana, Huachimontones and Jalisco, Mexico. Uh, so many, so many metropolises in the Americas that were cities, you know. They weren't, people want to think, oh, it was just huts and shit, you know. No, I mean, you had some very big cities with roadways, Fucking janitors clean the streets, you know, like when, you know, Europe was in, th- in the dark ages, you know what I mean? Yeah. But very civilized, you know, we had Mayan astronomy, uh, so many um, advancements in agriculture. The Iroquois had the great law of peace where, you know, it was matriarchal. The lie that the oh, all the indigenous people were at war with each other, that's why it was okay for us to take their land. It's bullshit. California, there wasn't really um, warrior societies like that. You know, it was, you know, tr- nations and tribes got along. There was very few, very few nations that committed human sacrifice. Very, very few. 0.001% of all the nations in the Americas, right? So to say, oh, it's okay that we took them out because they were killing, they were, they were ripping each other's hearts out. On the Maya, Mexica. Besides that, I want people to name me who the fuck was committing human sacrifices. So when they come with these arguments saying it's to justify their invasion, their, uh, their illegal occupation of the continent, when, uh, you know, in reality, most of us were living... Uh, at peace with, with the mother earth. There was, there was conflict between nations for resources, right? Just like any other, anybody else on the planet. Europeans were burning people at the stake and shit. You are all hereby found guilty of the crime of witchcraft. I sentence you hags to be burned at the stake. Take, 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 Burning women down. Right, those are human sacrifices. Yeah. Um, why, why are they not told us that? Also, why do they have our fucking, all of our artifacts in there? The Vatican, when, when are they gonna open up all the shit they stole, right? All the native gold, exactly. all that. Um, they're holding so much back, bro, so we don't wanna buy into the racist stereotypes that, oh, you're not indigenous because you don't live in the jungle. <laughs> oh, well, is that where I'm supposed to live, homie? Like, oh, well, you're not indigenous because you don't, you don't dress like it anymore. That in itself is a racist stereotype. So whenever they accuse you of cultural appropriation, I'll be like, well, would you tell that to a black person who's an African-American who's wearing a dashiki empowered 
after um, learning from Malcolm X Marcus or Garvey. Marcus Garvey, right? Would you tell them that they're culturally appropriating African culture because they're wearing a daishiki? Um, oh, well, you're not African, bro. They're not African, they're African, man. Like, like, and they're empowering themselves and, and they've been stripped away from so much. If a daishiki is all they can grasp to, to wear it, to feel like that, mm -hmm. then guess what? That's not cultural appropriation, man, because that, that is their culture at the end of the day. That's their ancestral culture, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, respectfully, right? There are people who, who still live in these traditional areas in Africa who haven't had a different experience as a, you know our African-American relatives here. But at the same time, you know, we want to be careful and not thinking, uh, you know, oh, we're not indigenous because, you know, you sleep inside your house tonight with electricity and shit. Let's get rid of these racist stereotypes that we are just living in the jungle type of shit. Of course, some of our relatives are, are in the Amazon still holding shit down. You got natives in the barrios, in the suburban ghettos. You got natives in, in the reservations, you know, unceded territories in Canada. You know, uh, there is no how to be a native. Um, there's no, indigeneity is not binary. It's not black or white. It's just, you could be in the city. You could be in your ancestral territory. You could have migrated to Canada and you're originally from Peru, right? But nonetheless, your indigeneity is a race, right? Again, we know it's not a uh, race is a social construct, but at the end of the day, you do have an ancestral connection here. You are a descendant of the original people here. The uh, nine repeat allele, the genetic marker that distinguishes you from other groups, Europeans, Africans, uh, Asians, um, our linguistic, the archeology span assures that we are the people here, Mexicans, Central Americans. And again, when I say Mexican, Central Americans, of course, there have been migrations. There is Lebanese people in Mexico who migrated there. There is uh, Irish people who migrated to Mexico, right? They've been, in, there is, um, you know, other people of other ethnic backgrounds in, in Mexico and Central America, you know? There's there's Chinese migrants, and as far as Mexicali, yeah. Mexicali, yep. down mm -hmm. real close. There's yeah. a big Chinese community there, right? They're migrants, you know? There are original people though from Mexicali, and, and those people probably look like us, you know, here that are sitting around the round table, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to all our relatives from from Asia who have experienced U.S. imperialism and they've been forced to migrate here, you know? Yeah. They didn't come here to fuck shit up the way Europeans did. They came here because they were getting fucked over by yeah, them. Yeah, right? They're victims yeah. the same way we are. Precisely. Survivors, I'd say better. We're survivors of their terrorism. We're not victims. We're just, we've survived that shit, you know? Yeah. So in the wake of highly publicized mass shootings in recent months, there's been like an unprecedented call throughout the country calling for gun reform legislation and tighter restrictions or even an outright ban on certain high-powered military-grade weapons. The United States has a long and complicated and oftentimes hypocritical history when it comes to legal gun ownership, especially considering most notably that the constitutional provision for keeping a well-regulated militia was not about defending the country from outside threats more so, but rather aimed at white men against indigenous peoples and the threat of slave insurrections. As educators and students of history as well, particularly that in which the United States has used similar as a target and further harm and repress marginalized peoples in this country, what are your thoughts on this latest effort to curb gun violence? Yeah, that subject right there is like, you know, I understand like the whole gun control because, you know, all these crazy mass shooters by white terrorists, mm. you know, call them what they really are. Yep. But I also feel too, it's like, as native people, and just, you know, people of color, like, we've been oppressed, we always lack when it comes to like firearms. Even within myself, it's still a debate going on in my brain of what it is, like, and yeah, and you know, that whole like second amendment that these fucking right-wingers, you know, stand behind. It's crazy, you know, growing up, I used to be super like that, bro, like, uh, Second Amendment, fucking, you know, I used to be all... Like, From my cold, dead hands? From my cold, dead hands. 
gonna lie, you know, when I was young, that's how I used to think, but now it's just like, yeah, they made that when they owned slaves. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, when it comes to that, I, I still don't have, like, a set answer, but, I mean, I definitely think, you know, things should be more, you know, regulated, but it's just, you know, in California, it's like super strict regulation. Shit still happens. San Bernardino, that mass shooting, it still happened. It's murder City, homie. San what, Bernardino. Yeah, and then, yeah, and not only that, not only that mass shooting, but even before that, San Bernardino, there's a shooting every other day. Many claims on America, including this one. It is now the gang capital of the nation. And we'll see if there's anything that can be done about all of this. Young men of color are dying every day. Oh, but they ain't getting no attention. It's just gang violence. I don't see them on the magazines. I don't see the news talking about that. When they do talk about it, it's just another murder scene. It's just another gang shooting. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Uh, city of San Bernardino, man, I can't fucking... I uh, remember the last time so many people cared about that city until after that shit happened. Mm -hmm. Bro, like... Homelessness is outrageous in that city. The drug yeah, abuse, it's ridiculous. meth, fucking everywhere. Dope. Everyone's That's smoked all over out the, in the, the streets. Empire, yeah. A lot of gang banging. There's a lot of Chicano gangs. There's a lot of uh, African American gangs. There's a lot of fucking Ku Klux Klan. You know, white supremacist organizations, gangs. You know, Peckerwood. Peckerwoods. A lot of woods. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day. Nobody has ever gave a fuck about San Bernardino until that shit happened, right? All of a sudden, people were fucking liberals were flying in from Ohio, like, with their fucking prayers for San Bernardino. We love you, San Bernardino. And yeah, rest in power to everyone who was who was a victim to the violence that happened there, man, because uh, that was foul as fuck. And we never, ever want to, you know, fucking, you know, shadow that and say, oh, you know, like, no, we totally, that was an act of terrorism. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, the same way um, the United States brutally uh, terrorizes people overseas the same way those people were slaughtered every day you know our people are, our relatives across the planet are being slaughtered Somalia, you I know bet. whether it's by the u.s directly or weapons that were sold to whatever dictator you know that they use like they want to um, use their fucking remote controlled drones right still. right yeah. myself i understand the youth they're following their heart they want their voices heard and as a person who's a little bit older than you know the high schoolers or the, the grade school people I can't say, hey, you know what? That's not real. Like, no, you know, they want to take action. hearts in yet another American town, which today became the site of yet another deadly school shooting. A high school in Parkland, Florida, became the scene of chaos and panic just before the end of the school day. The Broward County Sheriff says at least 17 people are dead. 17 people. A suspect is alive in custody. High school kids, teachers, parents, brothers and sisters, people whose lives were lost or forever changed this afternoon, people who tonight have joined a terrible and a senseless club one that grows by the week in this country. Right now, we're gonna show you a short video taken inside a classroom during the shooting. Difficult to watch, it is difficult to listen to. Holy. People need to realize that this is nothing new. This has been happening in communities across America. This happened once in Parkland, but this is an everyday thing for many students, especially in poor areas um, that 
politicians need to focus on. Many of these people that are here, they're in gerrymandered districts so that their voices can't be heard as much and politicians can suppress them. It is time to change that. The United States Census is, is going to come out and that is when states are going to redistrict. We need to make sure that everybody's voice, regardless of their the color of their skin, their ethnicity, where they come from, or their religion, or their creed, or class, it doesn't matter. We are all Americans. Our voices are all equal. But when these districts are drawn so that we can discriminate against poor communities, minority communities, and communities of different ethnicities, so we continue the legacy of racial discrimination in this country, that is something that is not American. It is something that is absolutely corrupt and something that we have to change. I think a lot of people that are out there that are fearing what we're saying right now think that we're going to try taking their guns. We're not. The Never Gun Movement and the March for Our Lives is not trying to take your guns. We're trying to take back our lives because just as much as you have a right to own a weapon, we have the right to liberty, we have the right to peace, and we have the right to live. Unfortunately, I lost two people in my class and six were hit. I was on the wrong side of the class and no student should have to cover themselves with a deceased classmate to survive. But I was that student. Um, we can't only focus on school shootings, though. Urban communities and low-income communities have always been hit with gun violence forever. I lost my uncle due to gun violence in Brooklyn 15 years ago, and nothing has changed. Columbine happened, nothing's changed. Sandy Hook happened, nothing's changed. Parkland happened, nothing's changed. We have to do something. This cannot happen again. You know, I support them using their voice, but I don't support taking guns away from, you know, us, people of color, because, uh, like you say, you know, the very hypocritical laws, the Black Panther Party, you know, you're going to the Marching State Capitol with weapons, all of a sudden, you know, Mr. fucking actor, uh, what was his name? Uh, Reagan. Ronald yeah. Reagan. Was the guy yeah. that destroyed Central America, right? Mm -hmm. The guy that caused... War on drugs. You know, war on drugs. My girlfriend's family came from El Salvador during the Civil War. Her, her grandfather was killed, point blank, shot in the head by the government. Her mom's brother was kidnapped into the guerrilla. The guerrilleros kidnapped him to fight. He was only like 16 and uh, eventually became a guerrilla. You know, he was, he was out there, you know, defending FMLN, fighting against the right-wing paramilitary groups funded by the U.S., got killed by the opposition, you know, rest in power. We know that these gun laws are hypocritical, right? Fuck the NRA. We're not down with the NRA. That's a straight up. When we say we're against, like, the gun control, we don't mean we're NRA supporters, obviously, no, right? No, That's no, a straight-up Klan's reunion. You go to an NRA meeting, it's yeah. a fucking Klansman reunion. You know, they're so for uh, gun owners and gun ownership, but yet, you know, yeah. for lack of Castillo, they didn't say a fucking word. Right. Like, hold up. So right there, my mind, who are racist? Expose themselves, you know, the fucking, all these uh, these groups that are uh, Second Amendment, they're only in there for the Europeans, you know, yeah. holding the pistols. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, you see Los Angeles... Or California, right? There's strict-ass gun laws. Bodies are dropping every day. People are being killed with illegal firearms, right? Chicago. Mm -hmm. Chicago, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, So, again, uh, the heart goes out to the youth. You know, they're using their voices. But, you know, like, you know, DJ Sherikan said uh, the Second Amendment was made to defend, for white men to defend themselves against, you know, natives who were resisting, you know, the invasion or enslaved Africans. The Second Amendment wasn't made for us. It was made for them to protect themselves from us. So we need to, for sure, protect ourselves by any means necessary. But the liberals will say, oh, but back then, uh, you're fighting against muskets against muskets, right? Well, look at our people in Afghanistan, right? They know that they might not win against 
the U.S. imperialists. They know that they're in a fight for their lives. They, U.S. have bigger weapons. They're going in, right? Yeah. All they got is an AK and those fucking holes in the mounds where they're posted up. They know they, they might lose, but they have heart. And they're not going to surrender without a fight. So when shit pops off and, you know, uh, your houses gets raided, you get thrown in a FEMA camp. And I say a FEMA camp, I'm not talking about a, a conspiracy theory. I'm talking about these detention camps where our people are immigration detention camps. Yeah. FEMA mm-hmm. camps exist already. You know, they're um, called ICE detention right, centers. Yeah. ICE detention centers, right? Our people are there. Um, in Adelanto, recently, um, there's been a lot of uh, people dying in those camps, undocumented people, because of the lack of um, treatment and resources they get. They're they're not fed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're if you have diabetes in there and you go in, you're an immigrant. Um, they don't give a fuck about you. They're not gonna help you with your medical needs, right? Because you ain't shit to them. You know, we definitely we support the right to defend ourselves against any threat. You know, mm-hmm. self defense. Self defense, right? Yeah, man. So pretty much they're just trying to they're trying to just take everything away from us when it comes it's fascism, bro. Yeah, man. Straight up, you know. Straight up, fascism, fascism, man. You know, people want to talk about like, oh, it's just a conspiracy. Like, bro, it's happening right in front of your face. But you mean, you, just people don't pay attention to it. It's like they, you know, they want to fucking uh, do dress code for pudding boots. Like, yeah, fascist see, shit. that's, I mean, that's like, super fascist. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like this. Well, that's like Jim Crow. You right. Know, yeah, almost, yeah. You know, well, the brown people. shirts, the black yeah, shirts, yeah. all this kind of shit. You know, we, yeah, it's definitely just, it's just, you know, we're moving slowly more into fascism. It, it's been fascist, you know, we know this, uh, yeah. but um, it's just been masked a little, a little better. Yeah. I think it's something we can all share, right? Yeah. yeah. So this kind of brings us to like a good transition, right? Which is. You guys make music that comes from a definite, like, pro-indigenous, pro-Chicano, like, anti-imperialist and anti-capitalist, like, kind of background. Yes. And it's a big rallying cry against, like, the white supremacist, proto-fascist system, uh, which unfortunately dominates us in about every aspect of our existence yes. here in the United States. Why do you believe it's important now, like, more than ever, especially under a Trump regime, uh, to make this type of music, which not only serves as an outlet to express dissent and resistance, but to, like, actually openly challenge the institutions which perpetuate and uphold these repressive, like, systems? I think because once you get a grasp of your identity and, you know, what you stand for, what your your ancestors stand for, I think it only helps out more when it comes to, you know, battling these Nazis. You know, it doesn't have to be physical. It can be the mental. If anything, that's what's really going down right now. It's more of a mental war, a spiritual war. Dudes ain't running out, you know, with AKs and shooting each other. You know, that's just not, I don't really see that happening anytime soon. So, you know, I think definitely what, what we're pushing, I think that's what we're trying to get across to people. And I think, you know, if people get a grasp of that, it could help in whatever route they want to take, whether they want to become lawyers or, you know, or they want to start organizing with a grassroots organization or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so, you know, it's needed, right? Like, say, now more than ever, man, uh, these all right Nazis ain't playing, uh, and uh, but we aren't either, right? We're uniting as a people, um, at, you know, whether you're indigenous, whether you're indigenous or African, Middle Eastern, you know, people are, you know, the LGBTQ community, you know, we support our relatives of the LGBTQ gender non-conforming comrades um, who are fucking victimized all over the planet simply for, you know, being who they are. And we definitely um, feel like we want to plant seeds, you know, uh, we want... You know, you follow your thoughts, you let them manifest with action. A march is productive, you know. Running an internet, a blog, a channel that pushes, that shares these kind of fucking events that are going to go down where it's a workshop for, you know, migrants to, you know, not let themselves get abused by these fucking warehouses who rob your money and shit, right? We'd like to see a, a better world for everyone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the ultimately the 
you know, the goal, a better world for everyone, for everybody, everything there, you know, no one left behind and full circle, you know what I mean? Like, and again, it might not happen today, tomorrow, 10 years, 20 years, but it's an ongoing process. It's not a panel. It's not a fucking song that we're going to do, but all of it together, you know? I mean, just ask a quick follow-up question then. Sure. Like, do you think that there's a sense of urgency specifically now because of the time that we're in and, the, and that fascism's right here? Like, that, is it now or never almost? Yeah, or? Now or never. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Now it's time to put up or shut up. Real shit. You know I mean, either you're going to step up now or you shut the fuck down. You know what I mean? And, right. And, you know, follow, and, you know, do what you're going to do. You know, be that yeah. sheep and put your fucking head in the sand. Man. Right, right, yeah, right. So, yeah, I definitely feel the sense of urgency. It's now or never. And the beautiful thing is, you know, you know, I know what our experiences we've seen children the youth like my boys are stepping up man and that's a Hell beautiful yeah. thing oh, yeah. really no now or never bro uh it's you know i don't know more you know i don't know more we're not down as with the system we never have been nope. it's too many of us we're a majority we've been the majority on the planet but you know we're just fucking for some reason called a minority when mm-hmm. we're really the majority right exactly. but um yeah now or never bro uh you know organize revolutionize decolonize uh all that, you know what I mean? The big three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but a big aspect of your guys' music is reconnecting with one's own culture and indigenous spiritual practices, which have largely been subverted and demonized by the U.S. government and broader Anglo society. Uh, how big of a role does spirituality play in your guys' music and your own personal lives as well? Um, I feel like uh, uh, for some people it's very private sometimes. Uh, it's a very personal thing. Some of us will call it spirituality. Some of us will call it critical thinking, a philosophy. It's a higher learning. You begin to understand yourself and your purpose. It plays a, a big part in my life because every day I want to walk a good walk. You know, I want to walk positive in a positive direction. And a lot of times we're drained, right? We need something to, to put a balance in our lives, especially living in a system like this. I would say just uh, stay true to yourself, follow your heart. If it feels like a cult, Stay the fuck yeah, away from me, right? Me. You know what I mean? Because there are predators out there. There's spiritual predators just like there's any, you know. You'll find them in a Catholic church, in a mosque, or in a synagogue. You'll find them in an indigenous Yeah, circle. even with the yeah. own community. Right. You know, predators <clears throat> who are after our women, our children, you know. There's fucking child molesters out there on the res and the barrios, uh, man. And, you know, and it's sick. And it's whack as fuck. So we definitely got to be careful of spiritual predators out there yeah. who are just... No, charlatans too, indigenous yeah. spirituality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. charlatans and indigenous spirituality, man. Yeah. So many. So many, bro. A lot of times they use it to like kind of take the wind out of our sails and actual right. social movements, yeah. right? Oh, like, yes. not only with the colonial religion, right, of Christianity and all that, right, right. that may come out and be like, oh, wait for salvation from some white dude on a white horse <laughs> yeah, that's going to ride right. from the horizon, right? right? But yeah, it's going to turn the other cheek. Yeah. Turn the other cheek. Right. Yeah. So. Cool. Most definitely. Unfortunately, the topic of police brutality is one that's always seemingly timely, especially in black and brown communities. Um, in fact, you guys made reference to Philando Castile, as well as several others who were victims of police violence in your music. Um, even this past week, uh, Stefan Clark, an unarmed black man, was shot 20 times and killed by the Sacramento PD and sent shockwaves throughout California and to the greater part of the nation. Do you guys think that artists are doing enough right now to highlight and discuss these kind of injustices that is sanctioned by the state, or do you think there's still more that can be done on a broader scale? I mean, I definitely think there's more to done you know but it's just you know certain artists they're just at at that mainstream level they're in certain situations and they're not trying to jeopardize that you know maybe they do have sentiment towards that but it's just they got deals in place they got sponsorships and it's like oh oh, do i really want to talk about that you know or whatever it may be but i honestly think i think a lot of 
I guess more mainstream artists could talk about it because I know in the underground, man, it's like we we talking about this. We've been been talking about this shit, you know. No justice, no peace then, Mr. Policeman. Save a life for your kids and your wife. No more donuts or coffee, and I'll be back once I get up off these concrete streets. And I'm mad as fuck. I'm on the roof trying to duck from the pigs because they suck. Pick them all one by one because they all got a strap trying to beat us with the stick and the gat. Looking at the news and now I see pounds caught and coons turns coming up sooner than he thought. It might be at a stoplight or maybe at the station. Either way it go, I'm still making bacon. Stuff them with an apple and it's my big choice gaffle. Tie his ass up and bring him back to my castle. Throw him in the dungeon, leave his badge and his gun in the car. Turn it upside down, burn it up and leave his ears down. In the dumps, the place where Donald Trump would get his ass jumped. I slung all the ones that I brung from the gun store. I gotta get at least three more, and I could give a fuck what you think I got them for. Let's do it like the wild, wild west. Take off your holster and your gat and let's scrap. But Porky the big don't wanna get them up unless they got your hands in some cuffs. Will I break the law if I break your jaw? Turn around, take two steps and draw, and make sure you blast the kill. Huh, Cause I came to get Make sure you slam the dope and no bullshit on my flow. Cause all the king's hoes and all the king's men help put this shit black together again. And I'm out. Did you hear that? Did your old black mammy teach you to talk like that? I've always been talking about that shit. But yeah, you know, I definitely think, you know, uh, artists with a more mainstream platform could, you know, definitely speak a lot more on it. But I don't think they're trying to risk what they have going on. It definitely seems that for every every Kendrick, there's about ten Drakes. You know, no shots at Drake. You know, but like he ain't he ain't the one to yeah, to talk yeah, about right. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because he, he stays in his lane and kind of just <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, people. I know. I've never listened to his music personally, but uh, I you know people listen to his music, man. But it'd be great with someone with that that many people who support you exactly. to right. address that when you participate in, in an art that was birthed from social yeah. beating for the streets. What was going on? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate that uh, you know when you think about it, an artist like Drake, there's a whole machine behind him. There's yeah, a, it's an army of people at the record label who are like, you know, hey, you know what? Bad for business, bro. Got to work on that party song right now. You know, we can't fucking get sidetracked. We need to stay on this. We actually have a deal with fucking you know, I don't know whoever. Sprite. Sprite. Yeah. We can't <laughs> fuck that up right now. You know what I mean? Like so. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, you know, it's the capital getting in between the, these homies, you know. Which, yeah. but I think, in the same, you know, sometimes too, like, we can't rely on them. Like we've been known, right. we can never. They're not gonna speak for our communities, you know. They're not. So fuck that. We gotta take matters into we our own hands, and, and we need to speak on it. You know I mean, whether you're an underground artist, whether you're a poet, a painter, yeah. you know what I mean, a speaker, Logger, man. You know, yeah. what, y'all, what y'all are doing is, is dope. Yeah, so man, thank you. man. So we just gotta do our own. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, with that said, you know, like, hip-hop is one of the most powerful and significant musical genres as well as social movements, Definitely. you know, of the past 50 years. Um, tell us about your thoughts about hip-hop's power to build unity and enlighten the masses and uh, fuel the mechanisms for change in society, you know, especially in today's turbulent and troubled times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, man. Hip-hop is just one of those art forms, man. It's just, this shit is timeless, man. Um, you talking about your tattoo, or your, you know, your target, your target. Oh, yeah, and, you know, and that's, public that's, a, that's the thing, you know, I love public enemy, but I wouldn't say they're like one of my top groups, but you know, the main reason why I got the symbol tattooed on me is just for the fact that 
this represents our community, whether it's the black and brown community. You know, this represents oppressed people. We are a fucking target. We do it in a style where b-boy, we're standing on our b-boy stands. Fuck that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, man, hip-hop is this, is this powerful, man. Now, it's, you know, there's more native artists now. So, yeah, man, we're using it, but, you know, we're always, I think you should always remember the root of this. You know, it is black music, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, we're also contributing to this, so, um, right. yeah, yeah, man. No, it's, uh, yeah, like I say, we want to always uh, be respectful of, uh, because it does come from the black experience in the United States. Those are the people who crafted this, who, where the origins come from, and uh, hip-hop was created, you know, every element, you know, like, it was, it's the emceeing, the DJing, you know, the breaking... The writing, the writing, you know, on the walls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, there was brown people in yeah. since the foundations in hip-hop. You, know, you had your Oriquas, Afro-Tainos, and the Taino people who, who contributed to the to the hip-hop culture as well. Us on the West Coast, you know, we're doing pop-locking and shit like mm-hmm. that. Uh, um, the, we've been down with the graph. You know, we've been down with the, with the murals and shit and the wall painting because our ancestors do poetry as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Mesoamerica, South America... It gives us peace of mind, you know. Should I do I like more aggressive, like, you know, I use it as medicine. I use it as prayer, you know. When we talk about spirituality, back to that subject, praying, like one of my mentors taught me, it could be a jog. It could be fucking punching a bag, you know. That's prayer. It could be beating the shit out of an all right person because you're putting that prayer into action. Mm. You know, some people's yeah. Yeah. prayers are physical violence, right? Some people's prayers are... The, the word like like well how I was taught with the colonial religion you know of you're praying uh, to that you know um, but it could be painting it could be drawing it could be organizing you're putting that prayer into action you know what I mean uh, the word has been seen as uh, related towards the three Abrahamic religions that that's when you think about prayer oh that's that's, that's yeah. the kind of prayer we're talking about oh it could be you know fucking you know going to the gym getting that muscle medicine or even our ancestors weren't lifting metal plates you know some of us were fucking doing Dansa or someone was doing uh, rock climbing, you know, just in, interacting calisthenics, interacting with the environment, working the land, agriculture. So definitely, um, hip hop is prayer for me, you know. Uh, you know, just um, releasing that uh, aggressiveness in the microphone, uh, creating a universe inside my head, and you know, putting it on record, you know. So definitely, no doubt. So now that you guys have dropped the mixtape. Are you currently working on any new music? And what can you tell us about any upcoming projects you guys got lined up for the future? So, uh, yeah, so we're definitely working on a mixtape. And then we're also working on an EP. We still don't have a title for it. But, uh, yeah, so we're working on a mixtape and an EP. And, yeah, man, so, you know, for all our supporters, you know, we'll finally be able to be on Spotify, iTunes, yeah. and all that. So, y'all, y'all can actually hit us up. And <laughs> we finally bought some bees and not stole them from yeah, the yeah. <laughs> We ain't make no profit, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we definitely got uh, those two projects coming up. Yeah. We still have, we don't have titles yet or we don't have set dates. But, you know, we're definitely uh, gunning for the summertime. No doubt. Yeah, we're gonna take some time off of use our fucking sick hours that they yeah, <laughs> brainwash into thinking that's a privilege and shit yeah, yeah, that you shouldn't yeah. use or something. Yeah, exactly. yeah right. Or that you feel bad for using. Fuck yeah, all that. Yeah. If you get a job somewhere, they're like, yeah, man, we actually gave you get sick time. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like a like fucking a, light. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. What advice would you have for young artists and musicians and performers who want to get into music? You know, especially those that want to send a positive and uplifting message. What um, advice would you give for young folk who? aspire to do what you do as well i say just you know um try it out practice it you know um get out there get your name out there go to every hole in the wall with mike you can rock and 
at a fucking march, you know, uh, open yourself up to present your poetry, your art, your work um, anywhere, you know, like anywhere that you feel like you, know, you can get in. I've drove to spaces and like, I wasn't going to get paid shit, but you know, I, I know that that's, you, know, you got to put in, you know. Pay dues. Pay dues, yeah. you know, man. And uh, and yeah, your, your, your shit, uh, it's going to sound not as good as, as it eventually will get. And you know, and it's never it's part of the road it's never a fucking oh I'm, I'm good I'm, all right. I'm good already no, you keep you always want to work and I got so much shit I got to work on with my music man like I want to put more time into it that way I can develop a better craft but I would say use the internet that's going to be your biggest tool YouTube whatever if you have the time and if you have access to it um, use the internet to your advantage so you can reach out to these communities that's why you know you got hashtags on you can just hashtag conscious rap and, and the people that like conscious rap you can just yeah. give them a follow send them a message saying hey this is my shit I would appreciate some constructive feedback you know I've been told I was whack I've been told I need to work on my delivery I've been, I've been told your lyrics are hard but I don't like your voice you know mm -hmm. I've been told like you know so yeah. much and it's all like oh, cool you know like, I appreciate the feedback you know I've been told I love your shit like it's amazing my son mm -hmm. likes it blah 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 oh, I got, the other day we were told that new start uh, my homeboy was like, my mom loves that song. She always plays it and she listens to it and, you, and she realizes what you guys talk about. And I, I'm trying not to cuss so much in my music uh, just because uh, I feel like I don't need to. I, I can get my message across without doing so. Definitely don't ever want to do no misogynistic shit in there. That's not what I'm about, you know? So mm -hmm. um, I say, uh, you know, stay consistent, stay true, use the internet as a tool. Yeah. Stay organic, you know? Yeah. yeah. I would say um, follow your heart and just... Study the history of your craft, whatever music it may be, whether it's hip-hop or jazz, reggae. You know, study the history and just practice on your craft. Practice, 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 man. You never could get enough. Like, Word up. Practice whether it's writing, your delivery, whatever, your vocals. Like, just practice your craft and, you know, and trust me, people will recognize it that you are putting... And even if it's not up to their standards, they could, they will... I think they will recognize that, all right, this dude is, at least he's putting effort into what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so, uh, yeah, definitely. And then you follow your, your heart and definitely don't do it for no monetary gain either, man. Yeah. Like, that's, no, that's not what it's about. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you can make monetary gain, like, that's just a cherry on top. Like, but don't make that your main motivation to make music. Because mm -hmm. that's not, you know what I mean? That's not gonna be timeless. People are gonna be bumping that shit thirty years from now. Like no, dog. like yeah. you know, just do it because you really love the craft and you whatever. And and not to say you know, you, it's not like you have to be rhyming revolutionary or or like even what we're talking about. It could even be a party song, but you just put your effort and you know follow your heart. You know, because in the, the day, you know, I think all music, you know, it has it has its balances. You know, what I mean, you got the revolutionary artist, you got the party artist. You know what I mean? You, you got the people in between. You got the conscious people. You know what I mean? So everybody, you, you find your own lane. And uh, I think when it comes to finding your lane too, like, just let it, let it come to you. Don't try to force your, your way into, like, a certain lane. Like, oh, I need to be this artist. I need to be a, a party artist. I need to, you know what I mean? Like, nah, just let it find you and just let it happen. Like Jackson, let it happen organically. And, um, yeah. you know, put your best foot forward and always learn. Keep an open mind. Keep yeah. an open mind, man. Don't, don't, don't close yourself. Don't bite, because that shit's sacrilegious. Yeah, don't bite. <laughs> you know that bullshit. Don't, don't do be that, biting. Uh, yeah. Well, if you do hip-hop, I don't know about the other genres, but yeah. hip-hop, that's a no-no. Right. I feel like that's a... That's an element that's lost on a lot of these younger cats. Oh, these definitely. Days, you know? yeah. 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 
where can people find you and follow you guys online to hear your music and get all the latest updates on shows, promotions, and other events? You can find us on YouTube, Cosmic Force, K-O-Z-M-I-K, Force, F-O-R-C-E. We have a YouTube, you know, if you want to subscribe, that's where we're posting the majority of our music. Mm -hmm. And SoundCloud as well, we have Cosmic Force, SoundCloud spelled the same exact way. Yeah, um, and also uh, uh, Native Point Threat, so T-H-R-E-A-T. That's my Instagram, and we... If anything, we be posting on there, and then also yeah, yeah um, uh, th- those are good right now for now. Yeah, cool. Yeah. With that, cool. Um, any closing comments or anything else you'd like to say to our listeners out there? Um, shoot, uh, shout out to people that support us, and uh, man, if you're if you want to look for some good hip hop, some good medicine, you know, something with a message, and you know, some good lyrics. You know, the day, you know, just just in general, if you just like hip hop, it doesn't you know how to be. In, you maybe you're not into the indigenous or the native things that we talk about, but man, if you want to hear some bars, shit, come through. Like yeah. you got that, you too. You know, definitely. Uh, we put a lot of effort, time, and fucking, you know, working to when we pick up a pen and we really, we really do this shit. Like we get a notebook and we still write our lyrics like that. And we put a lot of time and effort. You know, we're not just our hooks are not just like, uh, you know, something catchy, uh, some bullshit. It's we really uh, we want it, it has a message as well and. Uh, so we put our time, our hearts, our spirits into it. Shout out all the supporters. You know, we they're everywhere all over, man. Uh, and, you know, we're humbled. And at the same time, you know, we know we got work to do. And there's work to do in the community. So let's do that. You know, shout out to DJ Sherikon, comrade right here, who are Hello, doing this. Comrade the specter of communism. <laughs> like, I'm part of a political party. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just over here haunting all the white folks. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Thank y'all for having us, man. Uh, no, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I look forward to making a trip to up north maybe one of these days, catching a show or something. It looks yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. Most yeah. deaf. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully we can come out to San Diego and perform, yeah, you know. Man. We're looking yeah, to dude. doing a mini, mini, like, California tour. We were inspired by the homies from El Vu. They hit all the biggest cities in Cali, you know, the bay, all the way to the Bay, man. They hit the, the fields in Central Cali, you know, too. Like uh, Fresno and uh, Salinas, you know, it's so much, so much culture there for, for our people, for mm-hmm. sure, man. Like, you know, with the farm workers movement, you know, all that, um, a lot of the raza on the fields, you know, were being exploited by the capitalists, man, you know. Right. Um, and, you know, capitalism is synonymous with white supremacy and white terrorism, so. Yeah, it's music for the common man, you yeah, know, exactly, it's regular man. Joes, Everybody regular Jose's. Yeah, right. <laughs> regular Jose's oh, is doing it, man. From SoCal to Palestine, we're going to tear those walls down, so oh, we're yeah, going to yeah. defeat, defeat capitalism. Oh, free capitalism. There we go. Palestine. Well, great. Turtle Island, too. Brett, Jag, thank you so much for coming through. We appreciate it very much. Wish you guys the best of luck, and we look forward to having you back on here sometime soon. Thank you. Great questions, too, by the way. This episode of Step Off Radio was recorded at the Justice Center, San Diego. Intro music done by DJ Root. And additional music by the Daywolf Music Library. This has been a Step Off Magazine production.